By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know how to get it started. Welcome to, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And welcome to episode 166. Uh, We're on the road to Carrollton. Is that? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, 166 is Carrollton. Should have worn my hat. (laughs) Um, Thank you to everyone who's listened and downloaded so far. Watched on Facebook Live. Listen to the podcast wherever you are. We definitely appreciate it. This is our last episode for the calendar year. And, uh, womp womp. Well, not womp womp. Well, you know, just the new year starting, and I don't know. I always get like that around this time of year. Uh, well, we uh, felt like we should end the end the calendar year by having a special guest. Oh, special. That you wanted to feel special. There hey. it is. Hey, man. <laughs> Did his hair and everything. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. And he he's, uh, came in, came to the studio. Using a curl sponge, so he think he better than everybody. Oh man, don't don't knock the sexy. Don't knock the sexy. It took a while. Took this 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 beard journey has been fruitful for me. It's connecting the curl sponge. I looked in the mirror like, ah, damn, that nigga that's sexy. Would you be more curious? Is that what it is? Oh man, hey man, I just keep I just keep rubbing on it, man. You know, I got my I got my collagen um smoothies and my minoxidil. And I have no clue what any of that is. Hey man. Amen. I guess that's for folks with hair. I just <laughs> <laughs> this is all I got left, y'all. This is all I got left. But we have uh, we have Abraham from the now named Jamverse podcast. Yes. It, yeah. We, we, we might be going back. It depends on how they treat me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> look! Look! Let me, look! Look! Since since I'm the vowel, it can be, it can be um jaw. Podcast, J- um, Justin and Abraham. It can go back to Amverse with uh, Abraham and Menario. Right now it's Jamverse. Shout out to my um f- my my other co-hosts. We're taking a little bit of break for um the end of the year. We had our last podcast. I want to say a week or two ago, okay. and then we're gonna start back in January with some cult shit. Stay tuned for that. Really, we're gonna now? talk about cults, man. There's a pretty good um, on Netflix when they partnered with Vox for that show Explained. It's only 25 minutes, but it's a pretty good overview of cults. Ooh, send me the link. And is there one on? Um, I don't know if you if y'all because I know you told me y'all were going to talk about cults and uh, like with some a few documentaries. There's one on uh, Nexium. That's the one we started with. I imagine with, that's the one because of Allison Mack, right? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Oh, um, man. She fell far. Uh, somebody <laughs> save me. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're going to start off with Nexium. Um, and then we're going to finally end with. Because, I mean, I, I don't want to say cults are funny. 
and I don't, don't want to say that. Mm. But um, the Nazian people all survived, right? They just got branded on their vaginas. But um, <laughs> uh, we gonna end up with Jonestown. That's that's just just sad. Yeah, so. Jonestown was just <laughs> that's just that's just, just sad. There's a. I feel like there's a <laughs> bad. I mean, there's there's a. I think there's a couple of documentaries about Jonestown. When I think about, it, I think of two things. One, um, I think there's a really bad Showtime movie about Sundance. Is it Sundance? I would only, it's I on the only Sundance channel. So, man. It, no, it was a Sundance. It was an indie project. I watched it. Um, I, was, I, I was trying to see if I can find it because there was a famous. There's a. There's an actor that I, an actor we would all know that played Jim Jones. Oh, that's hilarious. Who, who, who was it? I don't know. I'm saying that's hilarious. That a well-known actor played Jim Jones. I don't know. I just think that's funny. Uh. Yeah, I'll I'll see if I can find it. I'll I might, I'll let you know what it is when I find it. Oh but, no problem. Um, oh wait, is this it? Jonestown Paradise Lost. Nah, I think mine was Terror in the Terror in the Forest. Uh, <clears throat> Jamestown Paradise Lost is uh, I guess a documentary. What is? There's a miniseries, Guyana Tragedy: The Story of Jim Jones. Yeah. The Mad Messiah. Yeah. This came out in 1980. Who played him? That this is. It, they, it, they want uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to play him. He would do a good job. He would do he's a good cra- job. He's crazy enough. He would do a good job. <laughs> I mean, Leo can do it. Can do no wrong now. But I mean, Jordan Gecko and and um, Jim Jones ain't too much different as far as like built and in my eyes. I got to just put like a, a um, some sunglasses and black hair on Leo. He can do it. Um. Okay. I, I could see that. Okay. There's the Guyana tragedy. The story of Jim Jones. Powers Booth won an Emmy for playing Jim Jones. Really? Um, okay, the one you're talking about, uh, a documentary for Sundance TV. And I guess these are all documentaries. I'm sure there's got to be something else out there. I, I want to say, and and I could be wrong, but my feeling is, is that there are a lot of songs about it too. Yeah, it's such a tragedy. Nobody wants to tackle. Nobody, it. nobody want to be. T- I'm 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 shocked that they don't have like ghost tours and shit. People just going down there and seeing like, mm-hmm. you know how people go to like Chernobyl and um places like that for like hunting tours or whatnot. I'm not surprised that there hasn't been any stories um of paranormal. Well, it'll be. I mean, even though Jim Jones is white. It was a lot of black people that's that what, died. That's the crazy part. Yeah. White people aren't going to go down to see some black ghosts. Oh, God. You got a point. You got a point. You well, got a point. I, well, I'll say this. Not in another country. Because they'll, they'll go down looking for some slaves. Like, oh, man, see ghost slaves. But another country? Like, eh, I get shots. <laughs> but the other, the other thing that, that makes me think of right here at Jonestown is uh, this is a story. This was on ESPN. There was a guy who played at University of San Diego, played basketball. He is the grandson, adopted grandson, because he's black. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. You got a point. Jim Jones adopted black. Yeah, he adopted Asian. a lot of. Well, he had a yeah. rainbow coalition of kids. Yeah, interesting. Is so, it Jim Jones Jr. sent your complexion? One of the black kids he adopted, um was like I think they had a basketball team or something like that mm-hmm. and they were playing in a they flew back to the states to play in a tournament the day that the day of the mass suicide oh wow yeah 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 and so that's how he survived yeah his son 
the who was Jim Jones' grandson went to he played college basketball like University of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I guess when it got when people got wind of, oh, he's the grandson of Jim Jones, we need to go talk to him. Like what what would he know anyway? Yeah. Because his dad was a teenager when that whole thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but people still still ask them like questions about it. No, he so was in a documentary. He was in a documentary. Yeah, I mean they they would ask the grandson about oh the grandson about it. yeah like what he could, what he can tell you <laughs> look man I don't know nothing I about know about that. as much as you do bro it, it, look <laughs> I wasn't there and then, then his dad's <laughs> name is Jim Jones Jr. like he right know, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> man I'm tell you something if that shit happened that'd be the first time I changed my name to something it wouldn't even have a J in the name <laughs> <laughs> what would your name be Leroy Yim Jones <laughs> Yim Jones <laughs> <laughs> Rather be that. <laughs> Look, man, I want to. I, I don't want no J's in my name. Period. <laughs> I wouldn't even wear J's. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even wear J. Jordan's nah. Talk too much about Jim. Nope. Wear Jordans. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> oh man. Um. So uh, you can check out the look forward to that podcast yeah. anywhere you get your podcasts, of course. Um. So let's get into some music news. Um. So. I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that. I think the last one we did was the Jay Z episode. Mm-hmm. Because um, so it may it was a couple episodes ago. But when we talked about the Grammy nominations mm-hmm. and um so for Song of the Year, that particular category award for the songwriters that goes to the writers. And there's been a uh you know, normally it's like two or three people mm-hmm. on a song, right? Um, so Peaches, uh, the nonsensical song Peaches <laughs> by Justin Bieber, Daniel Caesar, and Giveon. It has 11 writers. 11 writers. For that. It's a lot of, yeah, that's not a, and it's not a very complex song. Not a complex song in terms of uh, production or anything like that. So that, that how many people song. you said it was thirteen? No, eleven. <laughs> I think it seems every, like thirteen. I think everyone <laughs> contributed a uh, a word. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? I got the I. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of people. We need a, we need a fruit. Do, uh, who was it before? Do you know? Well, I feel like it was single ladies. It was another Beyonce song, Black Parade, had nine because she has all the writers. On her songs. Don't hate. She the queen. Yes, yeah, she stay getting all this. <sighs> oh, Lord, Ben. Let I'm, your hey, hate flag no, no, show. Not, not hating. I'm just saying, let's just call her what she is, an entertainer. She is a singer, Ben. Yeah, an entertainer. She's a singer, an icon, an icon. She got all these single women out here saying all single ladies, even though she married. Beyonce. Was married when she made the song. Exactly. Tom, if he liked it, then he should have put a ring on it. Ah. You got these women out here getting kicked out their homes. <laughs> if you liked it, I'm going I'm to put on my Darion jeans. <laughs> let, me tell, let me tell you, her hustle is so strong. She got a um, song talking about kicking a man to the curb because he cheated. And in her real life, Jay-Z cheated on her. And she didn't do nothing but stay with that nigga. You know? You know what? Yeah, she made an album. <laughs> game recognized game, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> all the gimmick, but let me stop. Let me so man. going back in history of the <laughs> songs to have so many writers. The song Arthur by Christopher Cross, uh, which won an Oscar, but it was not for Grammy for Song of the Year, had four writers. 
that that was a that was, that was a lot, back a lot for, at the time for <laughs> why do you need so many writers Be, because i imagine so when i hear it was the dream when he talked about um his first hit i think i forget what song it was it was a b2k song or something like that he talked about the process of it and the reason why is because from inception to completion that's whenever you see that that's typically a song going through a lot of hands so like whereas he started out as the sole writer of the song you know on its journey to completion it goes to one person they might change something okay now they're credited and he loses some points on the song then someone else might hear it like mm, actually we need to do this and they change it now you got three writers and he's losing points on the song then it gets like it's going to other people then maybe while they're recording the song in the session the producer's like hey Actually, you know what? We need to cut this section right here and extend it. Now you got another writer. So if if I was enterprising enough and I just wanted to pad my resume and pad my wallet, I can move a comma on the song. But you know what? Not that that much, but like I know for I remember reading that Avril Lavigne, for instance, would be getting writing credits on the song because she'd change a word. Um, That and well, since you spoke of Beyonce. Like uh, and she that it happens with her too because there was a um, the song from Dreamgirls listen it was one of the new songs for the for the musical <clears throat> for the Golden Globes she was part of the writing team nominated for best original song but when it came to the Oscars the song was nominated and they took her name off probably because she didn't do enough <laughs> she sang the song in the show didn't she? but she does she, she, yeah, she sang the song but she did not write yeah. the song but the she, rumor going around was that her father would get her automatic writing credits on songs let me tell you something i've been watching a whole lot of these inspirational fathers i just finished watching king richard mm-hmm. let me tell you something man you know, behind every strong talented african-american <laughs> phenom it's a crazy ass daddy. Somewhere. Oh, I, res- I respect the with hell dreams. out of Matthew Knowles. With dreams. With dreams. With I dreams. respect the hell out of Matthew Knowles. You know? I like Matthew. Matthew Knowles, he he did some underhanded shit, you know, kicking people out of the groups and not letting them <laughs> and know. And not telling them. <laughs> but, like, in terms of, like, I, he knew from the start. Well, he had him running laps in the backyard. He knew from the start, like, oh, yeah, this is the Beyonce show. Uh-huh. You can get in line or you can get the hell See, out of <laughs> I strategically move these insulary bitches around <laughs> to give more shine to Beyonce. Now, do you think there will be a Matthew Knowles movie? That would be hilarious. What King Matthew? <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, and you know, and you know, the the Beehive will be pissed because yeah, they it's don't like not about no her. Yeah, yeah, it's about her dad. Well, I wonder how much credit they give him. I, I, I do truly wonder, because I've never heard uh, Beehive, and I mean, correct me if you're wrong, Beehive, I've never heard them give him any credit. Yeah. Even though he is he is quite, if we think about it. The, they almost I mean, look at him, they probably look at him like Joe Jackson. Oh, he just got in the way. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad she fired him. <laughs> Let me tell you something, as much as y'all say about Joe Jackson, and that motherfucker was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have a crazy dream. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> He's a cra- crazy father with dreams. Yeah. yeah, he went about it a certain way that yeah. people made. You not can't be... argue with the results. Yeah, hey. but yeah, <laughs> the methods might have been a little over the top. But hey. You can't argue with the results. Uh, no, no, this is gonna sound a little dark. Hey, look, M- Michael is the seventh child. Okay, so look how many times they tried. <laughs> 
until they found someone with talent. And you, this, said they he, got some, you said he the only one with talent. And they got some trash jeans, <laughs> man. You had to do the um, what, like the Goldilocks method. Can't beat them too much. Can't beat them too little. Had to beat them just right. Just enough. Just enough. You just, just, just you don't hit them in the throat, Ben. That's the money oh. maker. <laughs> You hit you hit him in the chest and on the arms because oh, they gotta wear clothes. Yeah, but, but all this right here is no go being the diaphragm. That's where all the music. Well, it's is. also you can't hit the legs either because you gotta dance, man. It, it depends if they can dance. I mean, you can beat the hell out of uh, Marlon. That nigga can't dance. <laughs> what you do is you can't get, stop the feet. Can't do nothing. What you do is you beat the less talented one, but make the talented one watch it. Okay. See, every hit against Marlon's face is your fault, Michael. <laughs> Don't step on his toe. And That's just the so moonwalk. I'm, I'm, I'm beating him enough for the both of you, so I'm hitting him twice as hard. Do you feel that, Michael? Yes, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Joseph. They called him by his first name. Uh, oh, God. Oh, yeah, you Daddy. No. Ain't no Daddy. Joseph. Joseph. I wonder. Now, this is going to sound bad. Oh, God. But that's why y'all bring me on this show. Yeah. I make it dark. I make it dark. <laughs> Do y'all think, you know, some of the, the passion that Tina got... We're from them Ike. Ike turned the butt whooping. But I, but I, I'm getting, I'm getting, the more I look at Ike, the more I look at Tina, I think that was a collaborative ass whooping. I think she got all that strength because they were back there beating each other ass. Oh, God. And then, no, we just never heard Ike's side. We just never heard his side. We just heard Tina be like, and he just beat me mercilessly. Well, no, you couldn't hear his side because he couldn't talk. You didn't know that he had like a real bad speech impediment. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why he um, didn't talk on any of like the interviews and stuff. He used mm-hmm. to always be sitting there silent. People just thought and he was And that's why Lawrence Fishburne talked like he did yeah. in the movie. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Yeah. All these beats. Even though, even though like the more I, I read about the, the, the film, the the less the more stylized and dramatized it yeah, actually cause, is because mm-hmm. they made it look like Tina started off she she that she was like some, just off. some innocent some innocent girl. girl she ran well, through the whole she ran through the whole group mm-hmm. before she got to Ike well I mean if you think about it the victors write the history you know that's why as we talked about um end up the NWA movie was so sanitized oh yeah they're not gonna Michelle well, wasn't there at all it. yeah they're not gonna no, <laughs> they're producing their mo- a movie Dr. about Dre is themselves. their hero. <laughs> No, he was just in the studio yeah. the whole time, well, like Reverend Doctor Dre. <laughs> I told you, like in that in that movie, like in the second half of the movie, Doctor Dre is in a completely different movie than everyone yeah. else. He's in a romantic comedy. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, and then Easy E coughs and has AIDS. Yeah, the victor. I'm telling you, the victors, <laughs> the victors write the history. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but I will, I'm willing to bet you, like. Brian May probably looks better than he should. Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> is like the most. No, well, I don't want to say the most egregious because the most egregious is what we about to review now. Because well, this is before people. This is back when VH1 was doing too much. Yeah, because obviously <laughs> MC Hammer cast himself as the savior, not only hip hop but just random people in the street soul. Right. It, it, <laughs> the the hammer the save that saved Oakland. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is why I also at some point want to discuss the Def Leppard movie because that was back when VH1 was like we can make oh, movies. Oh yeah, they were they were churning they, they were they were just, churning out these movies. They were just not good. They were churning like, out these There's one about the monkeys. Yeah, they there's were just one about not, some band who played at Woodstock and they were about to get signed and then yeah. the lead singer went on a drug binge. Yeah, VH1 thought they were they thought that they were, you know, 
They're like, well, I mean, we mastered behind the music. I mean, let's what what else can we what do? What other stories? Do you yeah, have? I mean, and, and it was it and it was a behind the music episode. Like that, yeah. I mean, that's what these TV movies look like. About and I'm not even gonna lie, episode. I watched every single one of them. Yep, because I sure what did. the hell else was I gonna do? Back it came then? on at the best possible time when you were in school, right? <laughs> it was in the year 2000. Yeah, it ain't nothing else on. We were no streaming Sun- Sunday night, Thursday, yeah. Thursday night, or Sunday night. The internet was in its infancy. Kid, still, like, kids, we were still on that web 1.0 shit. Where yeah. you, you couldn't stream. You didn't have a like. You were lucky yeah. if your parents had broadband, and you we were had to lucky. and we had to check. The the, yeah. the the TV guy channel. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. While it scrolled, and if we missed it, we had to wait, wait. till it came and back that, around. Oh yeah. I remember the first time someone came to school. It's like, yeah, my parents got cable. It's like cable internet. Like, oh, whoa, what's that like? It's so fast. Like, y'all take this for granted. <laughs> yeah, living. Yeah, living. Like that was weird. It's like, so how do you log on? It's always on. Like, oh God, stop uh, it! Really? Yeah, you just turn the, it on and it's it's just there. Yeah, living in a blessed society, <laughs> man. You know, back in my day, you had to go to the video store. Oh God! Now we sound old. Yeah, this I, is like our up the hill two ways, up the hill both ways in the snow. Let me tell y'all how bad it was for me. Is, is the camera on? Yes. All right. So, um. You know, I was discovering myself. I was 18. Oh, Lord. Wanted to get me a flick, right? So I ordered me the flick. Had fun with the flick. Oh, Lord. And it was time to, it was time to, um. Return it? To return it. And, um, I just got my car and my, I was. Was that blocked. the first Jeep you had? That, that, uh, champagne colored Jeep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. That. I remember that. And, um, I was blocked in by my sister, right? Mm-hmm. So I went up to her and I was like, um,. Sister, we're not gonna put a name on the podcast. <laughs> Sister, I'm gonna need you to uh move your car. I don't feel like moving my car. I was like, Well, I got some movies I need to to return. I need you to move my car so it won't be late. And mama was in the other room. Movies? You went to Blockbuster. Oh. And I was like I was like, Yeah, mama, I went to Blockbuster. I had to return these movies. Oh, we should all go to Blockbuster and get us a good movie. Wouldn't that be nice? Tiffany, put your clothes on. Uh Abraham, I drives is such a big thing. We all go to Blockbuster. So I had I had smuggled a movie in like that black bag that they put in mm-hmm. to return it. And she was like, uh, what blockbuster were you on? I was like, on Old National. Not Old National. Um, Fulton Industrial. Is a blockbuster on Fulton Industrial? I was like, yeah. So we were driving. <laughs> he came to you. Oh, no. Were, oh, no. This is great. This, we, is, this great. is amazing. <laughs> we were driving, and um, we passed by the blockbuster on Cascade, and she was like, you sure it wasn't this one? I was like, nah, keep driving. She was like, huh? Kept driving, kept driving. Baby, we on we on Fulton Industrial. It ain't no, it ain't no blockbuster here. And Tim's like, oh my god, Mama, oh my god, it's a fuck movie. Oh, Abraham, Abraham, oh she sold you. Oh, oh she sold me man. out. She sold me out, and I had to take the walk of shame to the to the porn store and get out. And my mom was like, my baby, my poor baby, love oh, my poor baby. Okay, I got a question for you. Oh God! Th- this was based. This was a logistics problem that got out of hand, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> if they were a day late, how much? How much would you have owed? And you know what? You say that, 
It would only been five dollars. <laughs> I could have took that versus L. a lifetime of shame. <laughs> I could have took that L. I could have took that L, Extra man. Extra five dollars just so you didn't have I to. Could, I couldn't took that take L. Take the walk of shame. To, she was like, "Oh my, Abraham, Abraham, let me see, let me see." Oh my God, then this white bitch is too oh. Old. <laughs> oh God! And you know what? What was that? I feel like that was the worst part. <laughs> Well, what? Well, because we, it was the type of it was the type of flick, right? It was um, hot shower. Oh God, Abe! You so, know what, Abe? Hey, hey, to each his own. <laughs> it's a hot shower with hot. lesbian white bitches, right? <laughs> so, but first, my mom thought I was coming out. <laughs> I was gay or something. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. This is so much trust in this podcast. <laughs> I forgot what we was even talking about. Oh yeah, uh, um, VH1 movies. Div- the, oh, the, yeah, oh, the hardships of the time, of the early two thousands, late nineties, bro. It was rough. You know the one that actually, and, and well, we'll get to it soon. <clears throat> the one I'm the the one I'm surprised they didn't make or try to make was one about Millie Vanilli. That could have been interesting. Did. That was because that was the very first behind the music episode. Yeah, they I made believe. behind the music about them. That would have been a much better show because they <laughs> them niggas was lying on a daily basis. Well, so. I would like to see that done right because as we'll get to, this was a very short movie. Probably yeah. felt longer when you were watching it on TV because of commercial breaks. But like this was a I it was rushed, and then I was I got to the end. I was like, I see why it's hour and a half. Well, but the me the first. 80% of it, I can see is them actually saying, this is what happened to Hammer. And then right? after that, it was then like. Then after when him and Tupac were best, best buddies and shit. <laughs> For like 12 minutes. But Tupac isn't here to tell us that like this is all a lie. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. anyway okay, yeah. so uh, let's just bring it back to, we're talking about the, the number of songwriters on a song. 11's too many. Um, uh, Peaches has 11. The previous record, uh, Beyonce's Black Parade has nine. Mm-hmm. Bruno Mars, That's What I Like, eight. Mm. Eight people. I just uh, I would think only Bruno would be the writer on that. Who else he need? Well, I mean, I mean he might have had the, the, the Smeezing Tins, which is two yeah. other dudes. But, so I would have thought it I mean, just been yeah, them. It just, when it, once it goes through different hands, I mean, like it can. Now, the what would be interesting is to see their points break down, because that's what the dream talked about. He was like, by the time this song that I wrote got to the finish line it had so many people's hands in it that the number of points i had on the song was just kept dwindling so i'd be curious to know like you know how many points each person is getting on it and that just really describes like when all said and done like royalty payments and things like that what are they getting paid i mean the industry the the whole producing side of the industry is is fascinating it's not only with the writers with the producers like i see a whole lot of people um, just tag their name as producers mm-hmm. on stuff. Um, same thing with with features, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I am featured on that, am I also writer, producer, yes, and so on? Well, it depends on what you like, did. If, you, if you're if you're <clears throat> if you're on somebody's song and you you sing or rap, it'll be featuring Abraham. You're credited as a songwriter. And producer? Well, if you wrote, if you wrote if something, you, yeah, yeah. If you, well, yeah. If he, like, if he's a, if you're a rapper, you wrote your verse. Of course, you're mm-hmm. credited as a writer for that song. Yeah. Now, producer, that's not always the case. If you're, if you're a featured artist on the track, you just get 
credit for being a featured artist and a songwriter. So, but see, and then this goes to my 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 larger point. What if my feature is trash? Give an example. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that um, King is dead with um, uh, with uh, K. Dot, Kendrick Lamar, Lamar future. and Future and Future. Mm-hmm. And la-dee, la-dee, la-dee. He couldn't get no money for that shit, right? Well, I mean, yeah, if yeah, he, he wrote did. it, he got money for it. He'll get, if he's a part of, and it's Kendrick yeah. Lamar featuring Future and J. Rock. So if Future wrote that part, mm-hmm. that counts. He gets money that, for that. Yeah. And he gets performance royalties if he's a part oh. of a. He's either you know ASCAP, BMI, whatever PRO, he's performance um, rights organization. He's with. He's gonna get paid mechanical royalties too. Uh, even if it's trash. Even if it's trash. If it was released. Yeah. <laughs> he, gets, <laughs> boy, he gets credit. That's how for it works. It. That's how it works. So now it could be you know if it was a situation like with uh, I think with Kanye on Donda where he had a song with Soldier Boy and then he took off Soldier Boy's part at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Soldier Boy doesn't get anything. Soldier Boy gets nothing. And Soulja Boy was not happy about that. No. <laughs> um, talk about, like, uh, with Beyonce getting automatic song credits, uh, the previous record before Bruno Mars was seven for Destiny's Child, Say My Name, in which all four women got credit, along with Roddy Jerkins. Dark Child. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sheryl Crow's All I Want to Do has five people. Really? All I Want to Do? Is it, like, the whole band? Um... Is this her band? David Bearwald, Bill Petrell, Wynn Cooper, and Kevin Gilbert? That sounds familiar. Because you know, she's had she's had a different band over the years, but five people on that song. I mean, that's a great song, don't be wrong, but that's that's interesting. Um so yeah, but uh, there's gotta be limits on I think on the number of songwriters. <laughs> Eleven people. Like I said, just passing through hands. Because we have no, because I wouldn't be surprised if this started out as like maybe something that Giveon wrote or something like that, Caesar, and just started bullying. They're like, no, Justin Bieber, Mr. Bieber won't sing this line. Mr. Bieber won't sing this line either. Mm-mm. You've got to switch that right there. You got to change that right there. Mr. Bieber won't sing this line. And because you requested a change of the line, uh, your influence makes you. So co-writer. <laughs> exactly. And then you got to give, you know, because one of the key differences between hip-hop and R&B producers versus pretty much everything else is you're also a composer. So, like, if you whoever produced the beat essentially, you know, is the composer, that's another songwriter. Whereas, like, Rick Rubin is a producer, but Rick Rubin doesn't play any instruments. Rick Rubin doesn't often get writing credits. He just... It's like a technical advisor. He's just like, oh, yeah, you should change this, do this, do that. Or this sounds great. Keep this. Take that out. Like, you know, you've got most rock producers, which is is really weird because you can you have I think with rock music, you have to be have a really good ear to understand their influence. Like I think of like Chris Lord Algae, who's considered is it Chris or Tom, either Chris or Tom Lord Algae. They're both really good. But like he's considered one of the best mixers like of the last 20 years. And you hear all the songs like he has a sound and people constantly try to imitate it. Um, but like you wouldn't know that unless you're just like, you know, something about production. I mean, I'll be honest, like sometimes I can't even really 100 percent tell what he's doing, but I'm not going to get in all that. That's just, you know, differences about that. But like he's not credited as a writer. He's mixing and mastering. Um, so uh, I just thought that was interesting that there's so many people on a song that. I love to see the breakdown though. Like, who has the most? Um, uh, the the that's 
that's the fascinating thing. Like, I want to get down to the accounting part. How yeah. you divvy up this money? Someone's getting more than other people. And exactly. I, I want to yeah. know who's getting the most. That's what I want to know. And if it's not the, the first writer of it, mm-hmm. then is it if it's someone like in the middle of the process, mm-hmm. like how does it that person just because of name or mm-hmm. they found a loophole or something? I mean, because like we were talking about earlier, um, the Tet Nine Rock thing, <laughs> and it's I'm like, drive. It's my palace. And, 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 and you know what? No, you talk about it. You know, black is some more in my vein. My culture banging with strange. Anyway, but um, <laughs> it, 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 even though this was kind of like an interview, like like an apprenticeship, like a, a test run, do we need to give Rock his due? Because Rock is worth a lot of money. So, what you what do you mean? The, for like his part on the song, yeah. If he wrote it, sure, why yeah, not? yeah. I don't think he wrote it. Though. I don't either. Oh, uh, nah. Somebody probably wrote it for him, and nah, was, like, hey, it man, wasn't that. Some, it, it, some cred to this song. I, I think, I think, I think a lot of the times we forget that. Or if the, he had a ghostwriter, it's at his own risk. Well, no, I think a lot of times we forget that The Rock was an entertainer for a long time. And, and he still is. Yeah, yeah. but is he yeah. a rapper? But I mean, at this point, the rapping thing is like Mont's niche, right? I mean, we got people who are talented, right? That's what Tech Nine stuff for. That's why he started, right? He killed it, right? <laughs> but you at the end, you bring in, you came in for the rock. Like I was legitimately excited doing the video when he did the the, the, the people's eyebrow. Oh, I haven't seen the video. I was like, oh shit, it's the eyebrow because. He, for some reason, he want to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. See, that, the that's rock. what gets me about him. Not to go too far off here, but he ran from that so hard in the beginning. No, I'm Dwayne Johnson, dude. Oh, yeah, use it. Why do you think you're here? <laughs> <laughs> it is not your acting chops. Like people came to see. Like I remember what a big deal it was when he was in the Mummy. It was his first role, oh, and yeah. I was disappointed. So there was a scene in the Mummy. He's in there for like. Two minutes. He was the Scorpion King. He came out and they did a zoom in on his face. And the CGI was awful, by the way. But they did a zoom in on his face. And I wanted him to do the people's <sighs> eyebrow. I was like, oh, if he did the eyebrow there, that would have been great. Cause you yeah. know, I, I was a big WWF fan. I don't know what the name, what they call him, you call themselves now. But man, I used to love the rock. I hated his character. I was a Stone Cold Steve Austin person. But uh man, that it, it's it's yeah. a test. You needed a test. to lean into it. He yeah. should have leaned into it. I would have yeah. leaned into it harder. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not starring in like you know, The Departed here. You're you're <laughs> you're. We know why you're here. You're The Rock. We hire you to play The Rock. Now get out there and be The Rock. Exactly. <laughs> be charismatic. You know. So yeah. But okay. Um. So the next story I want to get to before we get <laughs> to the charts is uh, Taylor Swift asking a federal judge to call off a planned jury trial over allegations she stole the lyrics to shake it off from an earlier song about players and haters. Uh, The lawsuit claims that she stole lyrics from a song called Players Gonna Play by 3LW. And... Wow, really? They're trying to get back in the... Okay, okay. Who who was in 3LW? Was Notori? Notori. Um, Adrian from She's on the Real. Tasha's titties was in there. <laughs> well, she was a teenager at the time. Oh well, they put them in NBA Street. I remember that. The titties? 
I mean, by default, yes, Abe. But like, <laughs> they put three LW as in, as a like team you could get. See, and they're see, like Duncan. And see, it was the, so weird. The fact that you try to gloss over what the Lord has made. Oh Lord, let me tell you something. I think there's women out there who had a consciousness when God was creating them. Like, no, 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 no. I already drew out what I'm going to look like. Just follow these okay. plans here. <laughs> I want you to Google 3LW 2001. You ain't going to make me no pedophile, okay? <laughs> Just put it that way. All right. I don't even remember what they look like. <laughs> me either. Let's see. Three. Looks very 2001. Uh, let's see, two thousand one. All right, I'm yeah. getting a little tired. Promise, promise, promise. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some video today where some girl was like, "The year is two thousand, and you and your sister keeps messing up on the choreography. <laughs> like they're trying to make some video, and he starts like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I messed up, I messed up." Start song over again. It's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I messed up." I messed Abe is up. over here zooming in. <laughs> oh Lord. I'm good, good. <laughs> yeah, she do look like somebody's sister. Okay. Somebody's little sister, but she don't look like that now. She got Tasha's titties are grown. Now I'm not disrespecting Naturi, right? I'm talking about I'm disrespecting her titties. I'm disrespecting Tasha's titties. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> you seen Tasha's titties, right? Yes. Were, were they not? Are they not nice? I saw them in um, well, when she played Lil Kim. Yeah, they were just titties in Lil Kim. She played Lil Kim in what? In Notorious. Notorious. I never saw Notorious. <sighs> I never wanted to see Notorious. You know what? That's your homework assignment. No, it's not. I'm you not need watching to, Notorious. You need to see Notorious. That, uh, that fits what our podcast is about. Exactly. <laughs> Music. I expect you to watch it sometime. Yes. I'm going to watch and then, Casino. And I, and I bet I bet it's better than All Eyes on Me. Oh, it definitely is. I haven't seen that either because for obvious reasons. but. <laughs> and honestly, I, I kind of liked it better than Straight Outta Compton. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so... With this lawsuit, um, a uh, a judge refused to dismiss the lawsuit, and um, the lawsuit claiming that she stole the lyrics, and her lawyers have urged the judge to reconsider, um, and only a rare step that judges take if they've gotten something clearly wrong. Mm -hmm. In the filing, her attorneys argued that the ruling rose to that level, warning that no other court had ever allowed such a case to proceed to trial. Plaintiffs could sue everyone who writes, sings, or publicly says players going to play and haters going to hate, <laughs> wrote Swift's attorney. To permit that is unprecedented and cheats the public domain. Mm. Uh, so in the song, in the 3LW song, they say players, they're going to play and haters, they're going to hate. And in Taylor Swift's song, she says, because the player's going to play, 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 and the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. So it's not even, like, repetitive like in Taylor Swift's song? Right. They're reaching. Okay, got it. All right. Uh, this is where we are, people. This is where we are. The, the judge said it. He, he, he refused to dismiss the case, and he said it was too close to call. Um, so he thought it should go to a jury. He said, even though there are some noticeable differences between the works, there are also significant similarities in word usage and sequence and structure. What, what, what do you think? I mean. I mean, they could, down. They could sue uh, Dave Chappelle for his R. Kelly parody because he said players going to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a or, or haters gonna hate something. One of those. Hate it, he said it, one of them. Haters gonna hate. Lovers, lovers gonna, gonna love. love. 
Yeah. I don't really want none of the above. <laughs> I wanna piss on you. Oh yes, I do. I pee on you. I piss on you. I think you. parodies are 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 protected though. I know. Like I that, think that's so. um fair. It's under fair use, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think this is stupid. I mean, I'm 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 getting tired of the whole, um, you ripped me off. You you did this. You did that. I mean, there's only so many notes, so many chords, so many keys. We've been making popular music for how long now? Well, I mean, like it's gonna you're gonna start to get things that sound the same sonically. Um, from a, from a melodic standpoint, you just you can't help it. Well, I mean, again, um, one of the things that makes music so captivating, and um, one of the things that makes it so popular as a society, is the fact that these melodies and these rhythms are often transformative and. Um, I don't want to say copied, but used to spur on more creativity, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's difficult to say someone's all and out plagiarizing stuff if they're, if I'm listening, if I, if Taylor Swift used to listen to 3LW, I'm, I'm giving, highly I'm that, giving her I'm, the benefit of the doubt for the argument. <laughs> and she just liked that phrase, players want to play, and she want to put it in her songs because she does have a history of putting her private business out into her music. <laughs> then maybe that, maybe she can argue that, and that's not necessarily copyright infringement, right? Um, or stealing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's difficult to prove malice, right? I think the only way you can say and have a legitimate claim that someone's stealing your work if they're saying that I'm going to steal being shit, right? Yeah. If I come out with a song and um and I have the chorus, oh, then, you know, I, I, <laughs> and, and in the history that me and Ben have had, you know, the good and the bad, I could be sued. And then Abraham is, a, is clearly hating on Ben. <laughs> He's always been a hater, right? So, yes, he needs to be sued. So that's why I think it's difficult to say whether those such those such cases can go any further, simply because you cannot prove malice. And since everybody listens to music and everybody has a relationship with music and everybody gets inspired from music, mm-hmm. um, you can't say anybody's copying anything. And, and I know we don't want to talk about that, and it's kind of going away from the show, but that's one of the dangers that we're getting with Disney, the way that they scoop up IPs mm-hmm. and rebrand them, because after a certain amount of time, you're choking the um, the creative blood to give more new um, and better experiences as we move on as a culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone understands... Um, the fear of the dark, the fear of um, vampires, the fear of disease, the fear of snakes. Um, all these things spur a lot of our horror, right? And we don't know where the genesis of that comes from. We don't know where that comes from. If we start suing all creative thought, then we won't be ha- we won't be able to have any launching board for anything else new. Agreed. Right? So that's why, and that's why I don't. I think we we've been setting some dangerous precedents. In terms of the law, the lawsuits and things that they've let come forward, and the people that they've rewarded, like it's it's. Like, I mean, I think it should be an asshole clause. So I'm gonna throw away all the insightful. <laughs> I'm gonna throw away all the insightful shit I just finished saying, right? Because I felt like it's gonna be used by people I don't like to justify their bullshit. <laughs> if if that person's an asshole, please sue them to oblivion, right? <laughs> if we if we have documented proof that Taylor Swift has done some. In that case. Mm-hmm. Is that the thing with Ed Sheeran? Is he really an asshole? That's why the Marvin Gaye estate sued him. I don't think Ed Sheeran's an asshole. He seems like a nice guy. We, we don't know that. We don't 
know that? Just because he sings He's called the song. most influential artist in black music. And who knows how he feels about that? Maybe if he probably really believes very it. very awkward. He probably feels if like, he, well, who, he might who, really who believe said it. That? Who some said British that? journalist. It was, it was like, yeah, some British magazine um, had a list of the most influential artists in black music. And he was number one on the list. Which makes no sense because Wait we a know minute. the way Ed that. Wait not even that old. What do you mean? Most I, I can't believe they're being for real because we know how though? black people, how the UK feels about black music, when, soul music, when, um, and stuff like yeah. that. When his, I get the the X album was starting to blow up, mm-hmm. and it was like considered this new sound with basically like it's electronic not, beats with acoustic guitar. In it's front not of a it. new sound. It, it 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 sounded like a new sound. It sounded new. He had it, a really he had a really cool remix on. Um, I'm not. This going this gonna dope. be controversial, but Ed Sheeran, Sam Cedar, Hosey, all them niggas sound the same to me. Sam right? who? Is Sam Cedar is that the name? I don't know you're talking about. Sam Cedar. Sam Cedar. That's a podcast guy. Um, who's the guy? Who's Sam Smith. Zip, there we go. Oh, Sam, Sam Smith. Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. All them there. Well, that's because of the, I mean the the love of soul music in the UK. Yeah. Right. Like so, they love that type of music. They've. They've imitated it. Like people talk about, like, ah, oh, this soul, ex- you know, the soul and blues explosion. Like, no, bro, they've been simply red. They've been doing this for a while. I mean, they grew up Peter listening Gabriel. to Motown. Okay? I, 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 if we want to, if we want to give props to the most inter- and the most inspirational person in black music, would be Jim Crow and the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, right? <laughs> I thought it was gonna be deep with this for real. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Hey man, how'd you get how'd you how'd you get that soul and that 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 all oh, that, that sound? Man dodging the white man. All <laughs> that running. And then I got tired and and then I just felt all this pain and anxiety inside. I'd wanna hear Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Tropic Thunder say that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if somebody got on the mic and was like, I want to thank Jim Crow and Master Charlie for whooping my ass, <laughs> my ancestors. That's the reason why I got this Golden Globe today. Oh, God. I th- I really thought you were going to say something insightful, like name some old British soul singer. No, it's all Jim Crow, man. I want to thank America. And, I want to thank America and this insatiable need for cotton. <laughs> That's propelled us to create this music. Oh, oh man. But I don't. I don't think Ed Sheeran is an asshole. I don't think that, um, considering the things that Taylor Swift has tried to do to help writers, double edged sword really with her. I don't think she's an asshole because she has really done, or at least, yeah, she's done a lot to try to bring the spotlight to writers and to musicians and things that play on albums that you might not know. I mean, she's the reason we have lyrics on Spotify. The reason we have sync. We have songwriters on Spotify, and she fought to get them paid more in mechanical royalties. So. I mean, in terms of, I guess, an asshole clause, which I think is hilarious. I think she probably would be the person who's like, why are you trying to sue somebody who's actually trying to help the behind-the-scenes people? And, and, and again, the asshole clause is not my opinion to Taylor Swift. <laughs> the asshole clause is just something that you can prove, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll give you an example. If, if we find out that um, the inventor... Okay, let's say Elon Musk, right? Elon Musk. He is, but let me stop. Let me stop. Let's say, okay, we all know Elon Musk is an asshole, right? <laughs> but he's giving us the Tesla, right? Everyone's driving that shit down the road, right? And making a whole lot of money off of it. If we find out that Tesla's batteries are setting people on fire or something like that, right? Now, it's not true, but it has been um, fires. We will have to go into Elon Musk and trigger the asshole clause. Now, if he's a purely altruistic person, right? And he's only trying to help our. 
our global uh, our global climate crisis through, you know, through electric cars, fine, right? But if he got, like, a child sex meal in Sri Lanka or some shit like that, <laughs> then yes, sue him to oblivion. Greg, <laughs> stop looking at me like that. <laughs> That's the I asshole would, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he already is constantly dodging the um, federal... Highway Commission exactly. because of issues with his self-driving car. So yeah. there's something that he's it, hiding. There's it, something he's hiding, man. Once we put everything on hold, and if we find out you're an asshole, mm-hmm. only if there's doubt. Like, if Donald Trump need to be sued, we can just fast-track that. We know yeah. he's an asshole. We can just fast-track that <laughs> movement. But if it's somebody we all love, like, uh, who we are, who, who who's a beloved person? Tom Hanks. Betty White. Oh, Betty White. People okay. love Betty White, too. Everybody love Betty White. Because she old now, right? But if we find <laughs> out... She's about to be 100. Yeah, she's about to be 100. She's knocking on it. Look, if we find out that Betty White used to run Medingo sex parties or some shit like that... <laughs> you know what that made me think of? I know y'all saw these posts about Nancy Reagan. Yeah! The <laughs> Goblin! The bo- Bruh. Bruh. That's why he was always so calm. You ever notice why Reagan was always so calm when I mean, he talked to you? I thought it was the dementia, but I guess not. Nah, she was back there serving them up, man. Head was rocking Had like to make this. sure he was relaxed. Come on, Ronnie. To address the nation. <laughs> Just say no, Ronnie. I mean, for her to get for her to get accolades like that, I'm thinking she <laughs> when dignitaries come, all right, so you have a three PM with Thor Gobbler. Oh, God, but I thought, thought I was talking to the first lady about. Oh, did we write that down? I'm sorry. Nancy. Oh, Nancy. Nancy. Yeah, but you, Nancy. you know, you, you, she's going to make wink. you a lot more calmer. But what's funny is like she was popular on the on the movie lot, uh-huh. the studio mm-hmm. lot. Uh-huh. And um, someone brought up a song that Too Short did referencing it. And people just thought, oh, he's just making a joke about Nancy Reagan. He had he had some information. He had the goods. <laughs> he had some information. I bet he bumped into a janitor. I mean, y'all niggas don't know nothing, man. These young girls don't they don't even rock their head. But <laughs> let me tell you about Fancy Nancy. <laughs> like, who? Fancy Nancy. Uh, who who is that? Oh. She was married to the president. Uh, Nancy it, Reagan. Reagan, yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you talking about superhead. That bitch was mega head. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad, like most of the most of her uh, conquests are gone. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's get to the charts before we get to Ben's earworm of the week. <laughs> For this goes Greg further down the me, rabbit hole. Greg makes me do this, guys. I'm, I'm calling her that from now on. She is fancy, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So Christmas is past, but at least for one more week. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is going to be the number one song for at least one more week. Oh, not what's it going to get her for Christmas? No, I don't think that ever got to the to the Hot 100. Well, I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. You know, somebody, somebody was showing me when they performed that on Jerry Springer one time. <laughs> you know that song then? I do not. Oh, what was my. it uh, 69 Boys or Quad City DJs? Um, I always forget because they... <laughs> I got it on my phone. Uh, let me see if I can find it. it the, You've uh, heard the song, Ben. Yeah, you. I know you have. I usually put Christmas songs out of my head. I just I don't like Christmas songs. It's not because I'm a goblin. I mean, I'm a grim. Uh, was a Grinch? I'm not a Grinch. I just yeah. Hold oh, hey, I can pull it up. Quad City DJs. Okay. Oh, let me let me pull it up because I um. You gonna listen to the shit today? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, like I, I I can't remember when I saw, it, but someone someone showed me when they performed the song on Jerry Springer. Like mm-hmm. they had a musical guest. Man, it ain't Christmas to it. Come on, I want I want twelve hundred dollars. Oh, maybe I have heard this. Okay. Five months free rent. This. Hey, player, what you gonna get hot for Christmas? Yeah. It's not a song. Yeah. <laughs> Is this quasi the DJs? Yeah. For yeah. some reason, it sounds like, t- but I mean, they all sounded like back then. They talking about Atlanta rap used to be good. You know it wasn't. Never heard this? It sounds like every other song they like. <laughs> you just threw some. They just threw some. Threw some bells on it. Yeah. Dip, baby. Come on, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember this song. Uh, I remember the part that you're talking about, but I don't remember the rest of it. And then, and then in the middle of it, she was like, let me head start the beat for the set. Show some respect. Christmas Day, the birth of Christ, no doubt. That's what it's all about. <laughs> let me head start the beat for a set. Show some respect. And she started talking about how she want a man and some weave. <laughs> her whole verse, her whole right. verse can be used now. And that shit came out in, what, 1995? Yeah. Her whole verse is still what women want today. Like the man shit is dated because he wants Sega tapes. She said she wants Sega. Wow. <laughs> yes. She wants twelve hundred dollars, eleven pack of weave. <laughs> this is so so ratchet. <laughs> so ratchet. Uh, she, wants, she wants some Virginia Slims too. <laughs> and a man with a whole lot of money. Oh God. Uh number two on uh at least for one more week, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Number three, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Number four, A Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. They got a Temptations Christmas on there? <laughs> okay. No. Only only black people yeah, talk that's, about that's the Temptations Christmas. Oh, man. Just like this Christmas. That's just, that's another song. That's, that don't chart on, on this chart. No. Not on this chart. Ah. If it was the, you know, the black singles chart. Yeah. <laughs> Urban singles. <laughs> uh, number five, she's still hanging around. Uh, Easy on Me by Adele. I bet she probably pops back up to number one without these Christmas songs. How Adele doing? That's, the how, album's doing well. How's her and Rich Paul doing? That love still happening? No clue. I don't know. Amen. I don't really keep up with her life, so. I didn't even know until you told me she was with him. Yeah. Hey. Uh, number six, the song that I think is the first song that is played on Black <laughs> Friday, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. Okay. Number seven, Last Christmas by Wham. Number eight, Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Last Christmas by Wham. How did that go? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, That's the second song that's played (laughs) uh, on Black Friday. Uh, Number nine, Stay by The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. And number 10, Sleigh Ride by The Ronettes. The Ronettes. I don't. I don't really know that one that well. I couldn't say. I don't either. I bump that. They don't even have a black person on the list. The the next black per well, Ronnie Spector is black. Okay. The run for the Ronettes. Uh, Nat King Cole. The Christmas song is number eleven. And the next black person they have. 
Darlene Love. Darlene Love Christmas. Baby, please come home. I know. It's not The Temptations. It's not Donny Hathaway. The next black person is Chuck Berry. Run, Rudolph, run. See? They only had Chris Brown this Christmas. You you asking for too much, bro. They're not going <laughs> to... No. If it's going to be this Christmas, it's going to be the original. Okay, the next one is uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Jackson 5 version. Okay. Okay, Eartha Kitt, Santa Baby. Okay. Um. But yeah, no, I don't see Donny Hathaway. They need to have a yet. Kwanzaa billboard chart. Well, so that's probably the black singles, the R&B. <laughs> the <black singles. laughs> This Christmas, I don't even think it's on here. Not Deck in the, the top halls, um Nat King Cole at 46. Um, yeah, this is. Yeah. We can't even get Christmas, man. We can't even get Christmas, man. Somebody said, well, you got Mariah Carey. That's enough, ain't it? But I don't know. She one of them type O niggas. We don't know if she fall. You know what type O is, right? Mm-mm. You know, other like oh, they, God. they they skin they skin matches whatever setting they in because sometimes Mariah look white, sometimes she look black, kind of like Colin Powell, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> like like Colin Powell skin. <laughs> I don't see any more. Um, I don't see any more black artists. Yeah, I mean honestly, after like seventy something, like you don't even see any Christmas songs. Yeah, it's just all regular <sighs> shit after that. <laughs> and they just gonna miss Temptation. Some people think that song is called In My Mind. Well, it does sound like that because. They added their own lyrics. So. Yeah, they, they they didn't know the words. They're like, hey, man, can we sing Silent Night? Nigga, I don't know. In my mind, <laughs> I want to be free. Merry Christmas from the Temptations. Uh, let's look at the Billboard 200. These are the albums. Number one is still 30 by Adele. Number two, Christmas by Michael Bubble. Number three, Red, Taylor's version. Number four, debuting at number four, Live Life Fast by Roddy Rich. Number five, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Number six, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Number seven, Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey. Number eight, The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Number nine, Fighting Demons by Juice World, and re-entering the Hot 100, Inside the Songs by Bo Burnham. Uh, I think there's a, a, a like a campaign for a, like another mini campaign for that. Uh, I guess to win the get the Grammy votes or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure how that came around again. And let's look at the artist 100. A number one is still Adele. Adele killing them. Yeah, she came back. How much? How much weight she lost? About eighty pounds. No, she lost that much, but she lost a lot. Man, man, she said she came in, dropped 70, 80 pounds, got her a black boyfriend. She living the dream, Greg. <laughs> she had a black boyfriend before, I think. It was a British rapper named Stormzy. You know, say the way she sing, I mean, she's probably got a lot of black friends. Mm. Yeah. This is where all that soul come from in, the, <laughs> in her throat. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> Number two, Taylor Swift. Number three, Michael Bubble. Number four, the most influential artist in black music. Number five, Mariah Carey. Number six, Olivia Rodrigo. Number seven, Andy Williams. Number eight, Doja Cat. Number nine, Bing Crosby. 
And number 10, Juice World. All right. So well, who is Juice World? That name sounds familiar. It's the rapper died, was it last year? How you died? I was it the year uh, before last. Overdose? Yeah. On what? Mm-hmm. Um, Drugs? <laughs> why do I think the story is that he was on a plane and the DEA yeah, was. was coming? Uh and he had drugs on the plane, so he ingested all the drugs. That sound, that does sound familiar. Mm. But he was supposed to be the next big thing, um, yeah. and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I think there was an episode I was just listening to where um, we're talking about the um, black... Uh, the the white singer with the who could sing black music, mm-hmm. um, and Juice World is kind of the flip side of that. He appeals to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was on a private Gulfstream jet. Law enforcement officers were waiting for the jet to arrive. Uh, they were suspected guns and drugs on the plane. They found some weed, and. Uh, they said that he had taken several unknown pills, including allegedly swallowing multiple Percocets to hide them from the police. And then he had a seizure. And a convulsion. Yeah. Oh, and that gave him Narcan and everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was two years ago. Okay, so 2019? Yeah. You you know, 2020, kind of. Went by in a blur. <laughs> he wasn't. She wasn't a blur. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty wasn't a blur. It she felt was pretty a train fast wreck. to me. Well, it was a train wreck, but it felt like a very fast one. <laughs> um. So that will do it for our uh, music news. Uh, ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Um. So this is a song I hadn't heard in a while. Started getting back into it. They finally, um, this band, Weston, punk band, put it on um, on Spotify. I heard this song in a game called Street Skater when I was back in high school on PlayStation 2. I was going to say, that sounds like one of the those original Xbox games that you get for free. Oh. <laughs> when you get the <laughs> I mean, it was essentially them kind of, you know, ripping off Tony Hawk, which was a very, you know, popular series of games. And um, that was the way, I, you know, one of the ways I actually got introduced into a lot of punk rock music. This is a pop punk song. It has some a little bit of emo in it, which I've been listening to a lot of emo and Midwest emo, which is just weird. But, um, but yeah, I just I went and started listening to this song. It's called Liz Fair. I had no clue who she was when this song came out, but it really just sounds like a love song to Liz Fair. It's I just loved it. It was my favorite song from that game. All right, so this is Liz Fair by Weston, and we'll be right back.
right, that is Liz Fair. That's the name of the song. <laughs> by the band Weston. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist. Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify right now. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> I like that. I feel like uh, this song could be mistaken for it being by... The least thing reminded me of um, the President of the United States of mm, America. I could hear that. I could hear that. And this song could have easily been featured in American Pie. <laughs> it does. Like American <laughs> it Pie sounds song. like an American Pie kind of song. I mean, it came out around that time. See? There you go. <laughs> um, so uh, we started this particular episode with the... Um, with the song Let's Get It Started by MC Hammer. And we'll be talking about the television movie made about his life. Too Legit, the MC Hammer story. Um, Too Legit has a particular, that the song Too Legit to Quit has a particular meaning here in Atlanta for those who were paying attention to the Falcons in 1991. Oh, God. Because uh, that was their theme song, essentially, and I thought Hammer was from Atlanta for a second. <laughs> well, I mean, he's showing up in videos. Well, no, and pumps in the jersey. bump, and pumps in the bump. He called um, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders in pumps in the bump video. Is that where he got the idea for the must be the money video? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, They're very similar. <laughs> um, so we'll be talking about the biopic. Um, this came, this was this aired on VH1 back in 2001, and um, like we were talking about, VH1 was was pumping out these these original movies, shooting their shot. Amen. Uh, they, and they and I and there's a it's understandable because MTV was pumping out their original content, but it's like they had the the reality. Yeah. The reality genre cornered with real world and road rules. And then with their game shows like Yo Mama and Room singled Raiders out, yeah. and Singled Out. So VH1 went like, well, we're gonna make movies. And then with the, I think part of part of it is that the behind the music series took off. Um because no one was the <clears throat> I think E was doing the true Hollywood story, but that was more about actors. Yeah, nobody was doing anything for music in terms yeah. of like getting the yeah. inside story. And this is all, you know, pre TMZ, pre social media, um, pre Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, they were they were pumping out these movies and it a TV movie, you can tell when it's a TV movie and that it's cheaply made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it's a period piece, even if you're just going back to the 80s, it it can look pretty bad. Especially if you ain't got the budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. So, um, like I said, this aired on VH1. Uh, I'd watched it several times when it came out. Oh, it was, real? It was, it was on all the time. <laughs> it was on all the time. <laughs> they advertised the hell out of it. <laughs> It's like every Thursday or Sunday night, too legit. The MC Hammer story, <laughs> followed by behind the music. MC, <laughs> where are they now? MC Hammer. So, um, let me check something. Okay, all right. So, uh, of course, I have uh, some notes. Uh, this this film starred starred 
Romney Malko in one of his earliest roles as MC Hammer. Um, if y'all have seen Think Like a Man and uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, I think he's in Weeds, too, isn't he? Or Weeds. <clears throat> uh, uh, or if you watched his, the movie that it seemed like it took him 15 years to make, the Tijuana Jackson, Purpose Over Prison. It's a character he created. But they said, but uh, where he's an ex-con that wants to become a motivational speaker when he gets out. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like he. I've I've seen on um YouTube that it's some flat between him. Cause he said that he stole the idea from somebody. Yeah, that he stole it from a guy named Wallow. Yeah. Uh, from um, is a the podcast he does with Gilly the Kid. Yeah, yeah. Then they stole the story from him, but. Romney Malco didn't even know who he was to even steal the story. Mm. Or, and also the timing doesn't work out because he had created the character. Like I said, it seemed like 15 years ago he created this character because he had a, some videos on YouTube and he, it took him all this time to get a movie made with this character. It seems like Romney has been trying to kind of remind me of Flex. What, trying to break out? Yeah, yeah. Got bit parts every now and then. Yeah, you know, you thought Homeboys from Outer Space, you thought that was going to be. Hold on, he was in Homeboys from Outer Space? Nah, Black Flex was. was. Oh, I was like, yeah. hold up, what? <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, yeah, not. Because <laughs> Flex did a uh, VH1 movie when he was Michael Jackson, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> I spit that out. We they... don't talk about that. <laughs> Where they painted him with all that powder <laughs> to make him look. Like a ghost, basically. <laughs> like they just they just poured some flour on him. He shook his head, and whatever stayed, that was gonna. They're be. like, "All right, that's good. Let's let's roll. We have speed. <laughs> Take one in action." All right, all right, all right. We we're gonna use some effects because you know Michael Jackson's skin was the word evolved throughout his career. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're gonna go from your complexion to powder. <laughs> You see this bag of flour? <laughs> get, no, get, put some lipstick on them too, y'all. We got to make sure the lips are red. See, cause see, you got Michael Jackson's nose pre-surgery, but we can't really. We just gonna throw a whole bunch of shit in your face. We're gonna, and, we're gonna, we're gonna put some. We're gonna contour that. You know, use oh some God. shadows. Look, the most important thing when you have this this effect on is that you can't be anywhere close to bright lights or water. <laughs> <laughs> I understand water. Why bright lights? Uh, Mike. Chemically burn you. You might start cooking. <laughs> we we used real flour <laughs> and Crisco. All right, let me stop. Okay, let's get to to this one. I we I thought about doing thought about doing a, an episode about that about that movie because it's it is billed a, a really as the unofficial sequel to the Jacksons miniseries, <clears throat> Bruh. But it's. I c- I can barely get through it. The Jackson's miniseries is one of those ones that me and my family recite all the time. It's a rewatchable. Oh, I see you. P- oh, I don't want you. Oh, I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you no more. Trust me, Katie. <laughs> what about my favorite? Like that's my blood running through your veins. <laughs> Not very goddess. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, How could you do that to our fans? Get married, have sex with girls? <laughs> Ew! <laughs> what are you 
going, Michael? Go over here and play with these rats. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. <laughs> all right. Back to this movie. Okay. Um. So it starts off with him uh, as a twelve-year-old, uh, in church, and I just felt like, I, however they put this scene, I just felt like this had to be about three thirty in the afternoon. Oh yeah. And church started at ten. <laughs> church started. He's 10 ready to go. Get your mind off of baseball and back on Jesus, <laughs> like your brother. <laughs> what was funny though, because I I just read this. He actually had eight brothers and sisters. Yeah. We saw one sibling. Oh, I didn't know we that. We saw one sibling. Well, well <laughs> what well, did Hammer think of the budget. others? Budget, no, budget. no, from what I'm guessing, his daddy did a little bit of bat sliding and did no, it. it was, no, he had eight brothers and sisters in that house. Oh, really? Jeez. No I guess that he was it, dancing uh, That's why I thought budget. <laughs> no, yeah, no we, we can cast one actor as a, as a sibling. Hammer, yeah. how did you learn those those interesting moves? While I was waiting for the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> and when, when you were when you were in the back of a line of seven, you come up with some interesting <laughs> moves <laughs> to keep from not peeing on yourself. Um, so uh, he runs out of church, and. Did he run across Oakland? It felt like <laughs> it. looked like, like uh, what was that movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> run, host. Run to the stadium, Stanley. Run as fast as you can and don't stop. <laughs> he had the music playing. They're like, hey, Stanley. Hey, Stanley. As he's running, like, oh, there's Stanley. Running to the game to dance. <laughs> uh, with the the fake James Brown music in the background. Oh, God. Budget. It, <laughs> I feel like they had to. They blew the budget on trying to get the rights to use like the Oakland A's logos and the footage. It's like, oh, we can't. That use was James very Brown. interesting <laughs> to just splice that in there because yeah. the the Oakland A's footage look looked like it was from the seventies. It did, <laughs> and then you got it spliced with this. You would have been better just to you know fake it. I don't know, but I guess you don't have the budget for that either to fill up a stadium. Who was the kid? I want to say that kid was a small yet. No, no. Okay. Not, no. They didn't have enough money for the small age back then. One of them, because one of them had been in um, and not Darkwing Duck, Mighty Ducks. That was Jesse. That was Jesse. Yeah. yeah, they ain't got money and, for that. And and Journey had it been in Ease Bayou already. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, the these kids. But have, he, but that boy looked like the brother because the brother was in Ease Bayou. There's like six of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, he, it, that wasn't one of the Smollett's though. Um, watching it again, I, it was very creepy when Charlie Finley comes out and says, "You come with me," and he just takes one of the kids. I thought he was gonna call the cops. I really did. You, yeah, this little it black boy. A, it looked like a scene out of Mystic River. Who, you know, if you've seen that. <laughs> oh wow, that's dark. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know what it's about. It's very dark. Yeah, you. I like you. You coming with me? It was some dude named Robert Bailey Jr. was the young MC Hammer. Okay. I wonder what he doing with his life now. Um, Don't look like much. Probably lives in California. I mean, he's still acting, but like he ain't. Probably I mean, got a podcast. These aren't big parts <laughs> here. Um, so, I, yeah, well, I vote you come with me. Good thing Charlie Finley was a recognizable figure in Oakland at the time. 
you know, the guy who owns the team. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they was, so it, it didn't was, look creepy. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things that wouldn't explain, like, how did he get that relationship with the Oak, with the... I mean, the what you saw is kind of what happened. Like, he was he was dancing at the games. Charlie Finley saw him and and liked his energy and spirit and all that, so he made him a bat boy. The other that's thing how, I thought that's how happen. That's how, like... Bat boys became bat boys if they were just, just there around. and just hanging around. And if it was somebody, if it wasn't somebody, a player's son on the team. Okay, now it's somebody. It might be just some kid. Son, right? <laughs> I thought he was going to have him start dancing. That's the other thing I thought. Like, oh, While you like da- like you like dancing out here? Why don't you go ahead and dance with these folks out here? And he's just going to go out there doing like the seventh inning stretch and just start doing his moves and people throw money at him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that little chimpanzee. I mean, boy, dance. Dance, boy, dance. Uh, 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 yeah. It's like, are you going to call my mom? Depends on what I find in the basement. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, what the, what the hell was that line? Ew. Who thought that was a good line in 2001? Depends on what I find in the basement. I was like, oh, he's going to kill him. <laughs> no, you're going to call my mom? Of course not, son. That would be witnesses. Yeah, like that's so <laughs> creepy, bro. Um, so um, that's when a couple of different people take credit for giving him the nickname Hammer. Like, yes, he there is a picture of him as a kid with Hank Aaron, and he does look like Hank Aaron. Does he really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that that's where the nickname came from. But uh, one player who played for the Brewers took credit <clears> for that. And then Reggie Jackson also took credit for that. Was that supposed to be Reggie Jackson when he goes up to him and shakes that guy's no. hand? No. Okay, because I was like, I'm just trying to think like back then. I was like, man, who was on the A's in the 70s? The only guy I could think of was Reggie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ricky Henderson? Nope, that's too That's, that's too, too far early. back. Too that's too far back. <laughs> I was like, no one, like, uh, was like in the last like 40 years, it's like Reggie Jackson, Ricky Henderson, and <laughs> Mark McGuire. <laughs> and I think one of the Giambis was on there too. Yeah. That's, and I only know that from Moneyball. <laughs> Actually, both Giambis. Oh, for real, both Jason? Man. Okay, okay. And yeah. then he, and when he got home, he was like, from now on, first he gave his. I hate this in all biopics because nobody talks like this. But he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be successful and help my whole community. And from now on, call me Hammer. And then he just walks into the room and he come back. He, 23 or some shit like that. <laughs> that. That never happens. That never happens. One thing that was... You never said that, by your sister and just like, I'm going to be famous one day. Just like, just randomly. <laughs> I guess I think that was weird. I don't know what time of night it was, but the actor who's the older brother sitting on the porch reading the Bible. Yeah, what was that? Was that Hammer's way of telling us he was... I was a... My family was a Christian family. I, I think... I think Hammer had a script. <laughs> And then the people had a script, and Ham they they their script focused on Hammer's loss of money, right? <laughs> and his script was focused, focused on, on his upbringing and his upbringing and, and the inspirational people that he helped throughout his life. So this when you get these emotional scenes about him crying when his bodyguard who couldn't sing rap nor dance got <laughs> shot selling drugs. This is him being a lifelong mentor to Tupac and them just going together and, and sharing wisdom over a game, pickup game of basketball. Just... I, I got some issues with how that was depicted. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. I, I can see that though. Like two people, you have these two scripts and you combine, I guess, 
the quote unquote best parts of them and and whoever had control over that the best part is he went broke <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure when they had when the vh1 script was like he walked like i think his script started when he gave him the cd he was like so what's your name he said hammer play track two well i guess you the mc today <laughs> and they just called it i think that's where it started then he's spending money because to me the whole movie was focused on him Hey, bro, you need to calm down. And then him turning to his brother, let's spend the money or let's we drown in it. That's the worst. It's the worst. I feel like that was never said. No, it was not. <laughs> no one said that. Um, I did not know. So I knew he tried to play baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, I didn't know he sucked. I thought he was good at it. In the Well, yeah, he, he played in high school. And uh, when he, what they, they glossed over. There should have been a reference to it, but uh, he didn't actually get a tryout with the A's. He had tried out for the Giants and didn't make the team. Okay. Uh, he did play baseball in high school, and when he graduated high school, he went into the Navy and served three years. Wow. Oh, they, 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 they right lost over, over a Okay. So they skipped over that, that he actually served in the Navy. Huh. I didn't know that. Um, Admiral Hammer showing up for <laughs> <laughs> So, and I re- also like <clears> – <throat> Okay, I mean, I know they tried to. They, it didn't come off very well. the The actual relationship he had with Charlie Finley, um, I was like, okay, if in this world, if Charlie Finley is able to get you to try out mm-hmm. with the A's and you don't make the team, couldn't you just give him another job, like an intern or something? Or a, <clears throat> like, if he's a, if he understands baseball. He could be a Third GM base coach or, something, or a, well, no, not not at his age, not a coach, but a, a, maybe a scout, scout yeah. and maybe work his way up. Nah. Or or something with the general manager, something with uh, the entertainment, uh, no, as far as the events they have at the stadium. Because that was, that was, you know, the Raiders played there, the A's played there. Um, and then I think he may have also owned the – the stadium that the Warriors used to play in that was right next door. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, you could have helped them get something else. And like, okay, you, oh, you can't play baseball. Guess you can't be around here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's two avenues. It's two avenues for you, boy. You play a sport or you, you rap drugs. and sing or sell drugs. Mm-hmm. I suggest you go out there and try that rap and sing and selling drugs thing. <laughs> <laughs> that baseball didn't work out for you. I, I looked at you. I picked you out of the crowd because you look like you got that fat, that quick twitch muscle that you your people are so you know coming for. Like, hey, I can hit the curve. <laughs> can hit the curve. You didn't make it. You didn't make it. Um, so they and I looked this up. They made. I, I kept thinking uh, every time I saw it that when. Um, like he's doing real estate with his brother, yeah. And he's like, "Dad wants to talk to you." Like, what do we talk to? I kept thinking, like, Dad was an alcoholic. Yeah, gambling. But, but mm-hmm. I looked it up. His dad was a, a professional poker player. What? And and, uh, and ran a casino. Oh, that nigga rich. He oh. had money. Well, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. He lost money. <laughs> Maybe that's what probably, he probably, Yeah, probably lost money. <laughs> probably how but if he ran a casino, though, like, he's got to be getting something. The house always wins. Nah, The house was not winning enough. I, I guess know. not. When he needed money for rapping, it wasn't there. Like, when he got eight kids. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> true. That's, that's, that's true. That, that gamble money only stretched so far. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh God! To think uh, if he had to spend a little yeah. bit of that money on a vasectomy, we wouldn't have MC Hammer. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, that's what Joe Jackson he said. He didn't believe in birth control. Bruh. Um, <laughs> so, um, talk to his heathen gambling dad. That's what they made it seem like that like he's just a and deadbeat too. Yeah, deadbeat. Yeah, and then he drops him off at church. Reverend Hammer, and then, and then like his dad tell him something. No, well, I hope no parent says it to your child. Look, son, I believe in you. You got something special. Your other brothers and sisters ain't shit. But you, (laughs) (laughs) you, (laughs) you got something. (laughs) The mother niggas sell drugs. I I gave up on them. (laughs) (laughs) But you, you you took up the cloth? You're trying to sell houses? So you're telling uh, off your organ player? That was kind of mean, bro. He was kind of mean. Yeah, but is, was it me or is the organ player like she wasn't that good? I mean, she wasn't very good, <laughs> but you can say it a different way. You don't have to say you're gonna kill people with your organ play. <laughs> it sounds like a funeral. You like say it's, it's like he just said, just could you pick up the tempo a little I, bit? They need to be dancing in their seats. They need to be. Oh, oh. I was like, bro, calm dun, down. The church. Dun, dun. <laughs> Dun, dun. I was like, no, this is what too was legit. So, this is too far. This is too it early. It was the exact track. Too yes. early. The exact too early. track. It's supposed to be 1985. Too early, son. He been having, they played the exact track. There, there was no rapping preacher in 1985. <laughs> he, been, he was having too legit in his mind the whole time. The vision was there. He, he just like, needed the, the avenue to bring it out. Too yep. legit. Too legit to quit. He was like, this is the album I've been writing my whole life. Oh, my life. Was, <laughs> we named it this way. I wrote like I actually wrote um, "Do Not Pass Me By," you know, freestyled it at a church session back in the day. <laughs> I just got up there, the beat just started playing, the organ player was feeling it, and I just started rapping, and they loved it. I know. It, what bothered me about Hammer, and you ever listen to Hammer's lyrics? He's yeah. literally saying nothing. Kinda, yeah. And he rolls his R's a lot. <laughs> on the the too legit to quit album, oh, there's it, not much sweat. Well, no, he that he that's when he was started doing that, like rolling, oh, rolling the R's, oh yeah, yeah rolling R's, or, or, or if it was double T's, <laughs> all over yeah. that album. I had that. I had both. I had that one and Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him. Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him was the first tape I ever had. My parents bought it for me. I listened uh, that. I listened that tape so I, much. I didn't have this note. Uh, he was doing this way before Kanye. That is true. Hey man, <laughs> that is true. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. It's going to be controversial. Hammer kind of reminds me of Chris Brown. Oh, I could kind of see that with the dancing. and The energy. The energy. The dancing. Because, you know, back in the day, um, those rappers back, he had a point. Like, rap back in the day was whack as far as, like, stage presence. Right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, he was he was one of the first rappers that you would see dance. And then so a few other rappers danced. Uh, Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, something. Thank Father you. MC, Kid and Play. So some rappers danced, but it was. He made it a production. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was, he, it, went, he, went, he went bigger than he they ca- did. Yeah, now he came with he had energy. Yeah, 50 background dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He came with <laughs> and energy. And it was very well choreographed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he really got into it. Like, the, the amount of. Energy he spent on the the lack of energy he spent on the lyrics he spent all of that (laughs) and the choreography (laughs) man he was like strong arms strong arms yeah because I mean so you mentioned too like so the Christian aspect of it on please have not heard him he has a song all about pray praying called we got to pray on the second on the third album he you know do Do not not pass pass me by. by um. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I think 
about that. When yeah. I was in when I was in um elementary school, mm-hmm. we got to pray. Just pray. pray. I feel like that's always played in the clubs. We got to pray just to make it today. I got to pray. I feel like he's he didn't clear that sample with Prince. He just did. No, he just took it. No, I think he did because he um because so in the original version, no baseline. That's he got the baseline. Like they recorded it with the baseline. Prince just took it out. That's why there's a baseline in this one. He gave him the one with the baseline in it. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So at least he cleared it. At least that's what I read. He, that it, could be false, but yeah. It, it, then it at least he tried to clear it. Then, yeah. In that case. But that's why it's got the baseline. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So uh, in that in in his first sermon or whatever, he sees Stephanie. I'm like he lusted from the pulpit. He is. Every preacher, almost I every preacher you. ever. I want <laughs> you. There you go. You, so what you look for in a man? Don't mind my dick. <laughs> what, what you look for in That's a man? That, he had that Joe Goldberg going yeah. on. <laughs> from the pool pit. I see you there with your hat on. You don't know who I am, but I know who you are. I'm gonna ask you what you like. It was it was kind but of it, yeah. but but in all honesty, she was she was definitely putting it on display. We don't know that. Yeah, come on. This is told from MC Hammer standpoint. <laughs> she might have been very uncomfortable. Like, um, I just met you, bro. Like, <laughs> nah. Can that's you what, please stop coming had, on like, so hard? I was like, it felt like they got married after the first date. It did. <laughs> did. That's what and I was like. And then day two, they had a child. These movies move so fast, man. Like, I just met you. You want to have a kid? Like, hey, man, have a kid. What's up? Yeah, you. Well, we won't see her walking around in no maternity dress or nothing. The baby just here. None of this, like, we got to get to the hospital, Stanley. Hey, hey, VH1's like, hey, look, we got two weeks to get this movie done. <laughs> Shot over 14 days in Oakland. <laughs> they probably hold, they probably hell hammer. Actually, like, I watched the credits. Uh-huh. This was filmed in Houston. Oh, Jesus. They probably hell hammer hostage. Look, do you want this $50,000 or not? <laughs> For my life story, that's all I get, little bro. Is that what he used to record Pop That Caller? <laughs> Let's not talk. Ah! That, see, that's that's the messed up part about it. That's the messed up part. Of it. That's why I don't think it's genuine. Because when um, right after Tupac died and those um those towers fell, he was on one hundred six and Park, looking like uh, fake oh, Park yeah, with, with the, the bandana, flag bandana and the uh, and the fur. It was like salute. Um, we ready for war or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man, he tried to be Toby Keith before Toby Keith. That didn't work, bruh. And then at it the end, work. at the end, people in the audience like too legit. <laughs> Y'all don't remember that. I do not know. It was man. Um, okay, so oh, man. all right, they got married on the first date. They had a baby on the second date. But I was like, whose light skinned baby is that? Bruh. <laughs> bruh. I mean, I, I guess we all want to be portrayed by light skinned niggas. Like in my life story, that person gonna look like Heavy D. But <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, maybe it was back then. They're like, ah, yeah, they won't be able to tell. Maybe that's what they were thinking. I don't know. Um, so it's the same. I call it. I'm gonna call it the Sam Cooke dilemma. Uh, where do you are you doing secular music? Mm. Are you doing gospel? Will you be welcome back if you do secular? If you do secular music, can you come back? Depends mm. on how much talent you have. Yeah, I do. I do dig that she supported him. She saw he was struggling, even though we never saw it. They just insinuated it that he was struggling with <laughs> yeah, one like, rapper. Like, uh, okay, if he's playing with the baby and he's supposed to be writing his sermon, 
Maybe he just has ADD. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I know you want to be a rapper. I'm I like, really? Dance. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I've been watching the movie. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he rapped that one time in church. I didn't know he got thought the bug. He, I thought that's where he got it out of his system. Like, he goes up there, he raps a little bit. And... Baby, I knew you had the gift. That eulogy you you perform for Imogene's funeral. Her home going. You rap that last line. <laughs> it's beautiful. Now I don't let these pants out for you. Go out there and make your dream happen. Yeah, that was so. I I dig that she supported him. I do think it's very funny that he needed forty thousand dollars back then. I was like, that's a sign of the times right then because now you don't need that much. No, <laughs> you just need a snowball microphone and a and a computer and a well, yeah, TikTok just to get studio time and and yeah, a ripped all off that. and a downloaded <laughs> cracked version of FL Studio. <laughs> That's all you need, bro. You can be um, a rapper, too. <laughs> and the gimmick. I'm an island boy looking for an island girl. Well, in that case, you, don't, you just need a phone and a TikTok account. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> um, like $40,000. I, I was thinking about this for a while. Hmm. I don't know if I could have a friend like Freddie. And what I mean is, okay, I want to know, yeah. just, before all, just before, before all the stuff he got into, um, he had he said he had he can't dance he can't rhyme mm-hmm. he has no skills, but he's down like I to do what nigga what to what, what? To, to stand around and 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 the third and the thing I thought of is like Arsenio I don't know Hall Arsenio Hall I don't know if I don't know if Arsenio Hall was talking to Freddie it might have been Freddie because there uh, it was on behind the music was, yeah. about MC Hammer and how Hammer was paying had all had all these people and it's like. I would talk to one guy, and I asked him, like, well, what do you do? Like, I stand on the side of the stage like this. It's like, why? <laughs> and I find out I didn't have no job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> Hammer never went to business school. <laughs> hey, he doesn't know what a PNL sheet is. <laughs> Are you, He's like P and L, nah, bro. Just pay him, Hammer. You can't keep doing this. Yes, I can. I'm Hammer. They put me in the mix. Now, <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Now, this is what that's this is what we have to straddle the fence of. Is Hammer a saint? Not long for this world. Or an idiot. Or an idiot. Because let me tell you something. As much as I love Ben and Greg, y'all all my friends. I ain't gonna pay y'all to be my best friend. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay you to hang around me. I mean, what what happened to what happened to Greg? Man, he got shot in the drug deal. Go to him. Like, Greg, what happened? Well, Abraham, those those months when I'm not working for you, I need to eat. Oh, damn, man. Well, <laughs> hey, man. Um, if you go down there on Broadway, um, <laughs> Department of Labor, man, they can help you. Out. <laughs> they can help find a job. I would have whispered to him. You never heard of unemployment. Yeah, man, they can help you out, man. It's, they're, they're great people. <laughs> they love me. Oh, oh, you oh, you thought your soft story was good enough. <laughs> and this bullet wound going to help you come out my paper? Nah, you ain't hammer. You didn't even get insurance. You Freddie. <laughs> Freddie didn't have insurance, bro. Yeah, all right. Um, all right, so when he talked about, like, I don't have enough room to move around, that's where they come up with the idea of the parachute pants. pants. Yes. When he's walking in the club, are they making fun of him? Or yes. are they okay? Yes. That's, that's I couldn't tell. They're looking like a lad. Yes. <laughs> I was. I was like, are they making fun of him? Or are the they thing, like? Oh, we the like thing those. that was like the the he's walking in with all the confidence. Like, yeah, we I'm gonna give the record. Yeah, and we go play the song and we go dance, and and they're all and everybody in the background is making all these jokes. Yeah. Um, that's because I couldn't tell at first. I think they're making fun of this. He guy. did look ridiculous. But yeah. right, right before that. Um, 
they have it's the montage of him getting the dancers. And oh, that was hilarious! The and he was pulling people off the street. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, and there was, and then there's the scene where um, he's like, "Well, you know, you know, I'm good for the money, and the studio will be here when you pay up." Yep. So he had to pay. He had to get some more money to to finish the album. Now they made it in the movie that he went to the Oakland A's. Yeah, they did a performance. And everyone gave him money. Yeah. Only two players gave him money. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, two players gave him $20,000 each. Oh, shit. That's a lot of money. Man, that must have been a hell of a performance. Yeah. He was able to finish the album, uh, which was Feel My Power. That was the first album. Mm-hmm. So he was able to finish the album, and he's selling it out of the trunk of his car. Um, and then to, to promote it, one thing that he doesn't get a whole lot of credit for is how how much he hustled to promote himself yeah absolutely uh selling the albums out of literally out of the trunk Trunk of of his his car car. yeah and um you know make making good money and then like he's a local celebrity at least at this point like in oakland it's him and too short are the two (laughs) biggest rappers in oakland um and um when he and then you know, uh, as far as to get the song in clubs, so he goes in there with the parachute pants. That was goes hilarious. Up there, play cut number two. He just walks up to the <laughs> DJ like that he's supposed to today. be there. Yes, actually, it kind of still happens today, but Who not you? as much. But see, that's that bu- that's that um, that VH1 movie magic bullshit. Yeah, he just walked in. He walked right up to him. No one stops him. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. DJ was forced to be. DJ happenstance. Yeah, yes. he's <laughs> he like, here's some money. He's like, and, and and if I'm the DJ, and I know I got to ask it to like a club manager, you have to give me more than like twenty bucks to play your record, man. Like, it didn't look like a lot. Like you, you can't just be like, oh, twenty dollars. <laughs> look, you're like you're the DJ tonight. Like, you look like you're the hammer. You're, you're. Like how much money? How much are you doing this for free? <laughs> like, if, is if that this, how cheap your load is? If this is, is the logic, then. Me, you, and everybody should have at least one DJ yeah. and pay that song. I just walk up to a DJ at a club and like, here's twenty dollars. Play track number two. Yes, sir, boss. <laughs> just start playing it. Like I ain't got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did. I did have this though. I think about like how he how he hustled and branded himself. If he were around today, I mean, well, he. I mean, he's still alive. Yeah. But if he were around as far as trying to make it, trying to make it, he would have stayed indie. He would he would stay independent. Oh yeah, there'd be no reason. Oh, it'd be no reason. No yeah. reason to sign a, a record deal None. at all. He'd be like he'd be like Russ. Um, I think he'd only sign once he got so popular that which and, and where it happens here where the, he's so popular that they have to give him everything he wants because that's what Russ did. The rapper yeah. Russ, he basically was indie releasing songs. I think he's like every week or something like that to where he just had a flooded the market with his material. And he only signed with the major label when he was able to get every single thing he wanted. You got because when you got leverage, I can't lowball you. Yeah, they tried I don't to. Need um, you. <laughs> they tried to offer him a hundred thousand. 
he made a hundred thousand on his own. And I was like, oh snap, <laughs> that's pretty good. Until I realized, yeah, he's like, I, I'm moving that by myself. And but then you he think about woman, it, you know, you got to pay for these dance moves you like so much. <laughs> and he was he was polite about it too. He yeah. was like, yeah, just let your folks know. I'm sure they'll understand. <laughs> and she was shocked, like you ungrateful son of. <laughs> she was. I, she, we she don't was, do this for rappers. And she was like, look, nigga, we giving you a chance. Okay? And they sent a black person. <laughs> See. Mm. How they get you? They're like, they're like, they're like, uh, Sherelle, you like rap, don't you? Like, <laughs> I mean, I listen to Run DMC, but you know, <laughs> or I listen to Blondie, you know. But <laughs> you listen to that hippity hop stuff, right? Yeah, listen, Sherelle well, out well, there. What's the, what's her name? What's her name? You know, the one, the one with the titties. What? Uh, uh, yeah, Sherelle, Sherelle, come in here, Donna, <laughs> Donna, come in. Um, we need you to go down there to Oakland because uh, we won't be seen down there together. <laughs> and we want you to go. And um, She play. was probably scared. She had a gun on her. <laughs> nah. Oakland? <laughs> or they Oakland. just assume she was from Oakland? Yeah. You're from Oakland, right? You're from the hood. <laughs> I drive a Beamer. It's okay. They'll think you're a drug dealer. Let me stop. Let me stop. You know MC yeah, Hammer. It's just really weird. They you know s- MC Hammer, right? He's your cousin? Uh no, I thought I thought all y'all knew each other from slavery. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like you know they sent her for a reason. Yeah, like he'll talk to her. Yeah. Like he'll talk to Sherelle. <laughs> um, so uh, still in the whole process of like they um gets the gets the contract. Uh, Charlie Finley told him uh, no less than five hundred thousand. So they wait and wait. They get seven hundred fifty thousand as a signing bonus. And they go out on tour. Um, you know what I would have done if I were him? Yeah. I would have started a bidding war. I think he kind of did. Well, no, with different record labels. I'm like, hey, well, Capital but, but, wants to get me for this. But who, um, who, Universal, what can you give me? Or, well, who were the main record labels at the time? Like, during that time. Oh, everyone. You had. I'm talking about for rap. You still had. Well, not, not really a lot, especially on the West Coast. Yeah. Because this is, this is the mid 80s. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> Really, the only there are very few rappers that could get this kind of deal on yeah. the West Coast. My and, only and, thought was though, like if Capital's aware of him, other other record labels have to be aware of him. It's just more so. But I don't think they would. I don't think they would spend the money because you have to you have to take into account that he was experimenting with a new style and a new approach. I feel you there. I'm just I'm just thinking though, like there had to be at least one other record company that either approached him or knew of him or something because typically back then you've got ARs pounding the pavement. That's true. So like they were like this isn't like today where they just get on YouTube or like some social media and they look for you. Like back then, if he was truly creating the buzz that he was creating, like if you sell what do you sell, ten thousand records by himself? Yeah. Like back then, someone's taking notice. Capital Records in this case took notice, but I just I have to think that like Well it doesn't say here, but Someone else had to take he, notice. He was getting offers from other labels. Okay, yeah. and I would have tried to start a bidding war, you know, try to get yourself a million dollars, but... And he actually got a $1.75 million Ooh, advance. they really undersold. Why did they... I don't know. Mm. So he got an advance or a... Well, well at 1.75... Was that the contract or was mm. that the advance? This is the advance. Okay. And uh, that was before Let's Get It Started uh, was released. Okay. Which was his major label debut, right? Right. Okay. Uh, before or after the Adams Family? Before. Yeah, that was way That was way on Too Legit to Quit. Really? Mm-hmm. And they, Adams and, Family Groove. Oh, man. They they said the Adams Family didn't sell, man. I mean, Too Legit didn't sell. 
I love they do what they want to do, play what well, they Well, I'm wondering if it did sell, but as Not we talked as about well as recoupables, okay. recoupables, when you've got a staff of when you got a staff that big and you're trying they to pay these 500, people 500 every week. Yeah. Every week. Oh. So like if you've got that oh, yeah, type it was of staff half, half a million a month. Then you're probably paying the record label probably covering those costs up front because you have a band, yeah. You have backup dancers, mm-hmm. and he was excessive on that. And then you got a and set. then the guys who just stand around like yeah. this. You got a <laughs> you have a stage <laughs> set up because they, they didn't have no job. And not only that, um, even though he might have sold that much money, they had to pay all the production costs before he can even get to the yeah. money to pay yeah. those people. So I think and at that also point, he learned taxes. Yeah, in California. Yeah, which he later learned about. So I, I, I think really he learned that was a, a lesson for him. And it's like you know you, like the record industry can be tough. It was probably even tougher back then. Um, and that's why I think you know some artists think like, oh, the best way to make money is tour. Not if you've got a setup like that. No, because you got to you got to carry those people around. Like because it's travel. It's not yeah. only the production, but it's the travel and yeah. lodging. Yeah. yeah. That's why comedians, stand-up comedians can make so much because it's just them and, like, a sound guy. <laughs> and, like, and, it, and everything. if it's a comedy club, they have their own sound yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, you're taking home a lot of money. They yeah. can make money on the road. Certain bands can yourself. make money. Sometimes yeah. you fly. Yeah. Certain bands can make money doing it. But, like, not if you've got a, a, a big elaborate show. You know, then it kind of gets into the, you know, you're, you're bringing on multiple musicians. It, it just, yeah. So I think he learned a valuable lesson there. Uh, the interesting is that when they get signed, they're going to go on tour, and T's not coming because he wants to stay behind and sell mm-hmm. drugs. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you taking some of my best customers? Like, Hammer, you hiring addicts? Hired addicts <laughs> I wonder dancers, how many actual man? dancers he hired versus just people off the street. Let me let me take, bro. The man who saved Oakland—that's what it should be called. <laughs> I want to hear the commercial. I want to hear the chatter. When, hey man, what happened to um Johnny? You know, Pipe Johnny. Oh yeah, he working with Hammer. <laughs> Hammer? Yeah, Hammer. I just heard that Hammer just pick up niggas from the street. <laughs> if you got a sob enough story, put you in a shiny suit and teach you some dances. He's the dude he from the third all, row. He finding all the addicts who got talent. They got a little bit of talent. Pipeline Johnny can dance a little bit. You just yell at them and they they just perform harder. You know, you know, you know what? If this was really, if we, I always like to merge universes. Right, merge stories. They should get the guy from the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> Eddie K. Jr. <laughs> Eddie K. Jr. would be in Hamilton. <laughs> he'd be singing that. He'd be singing his hooks. <laughs> <laughs> we in Maple Leaf. Oh God. Um, they said it was um <laughs> when I when T wanted to stay behind and sell drugs. I thought about that. Have y'all seen Black Dynamite? Mm-mm. I have not. Which one? Uh, with Michael Jai White. Yeah, Black... which episode? Oh, not it? not the animated, the movie. Oh, I never seen the movie. Nah. Oh, y'all gotta see the movie. Um, but there's a scene, and it has um, Cedric Garborough from Reno 911, mm-hmm. and it was like he goes to Black Dynamite, goes to this meeting with like all the pimps and drug dealers, uh, in the neighborhood, and he's trying to tell them to stop or 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 to watch out for something, and Oh, he's like, yeah, I want you to stop selling drugs in the community. And then Cedric Garbo's like, but Black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought about what T said, but Hammer, I like selling drugs in the community. 
Well, what if I give you a job? Would you stop selling? <laughs> I mean, I try, but I already told you I can't rap. Uh, look, but Hammer, my talent is moving rock, okay? <laughs> I don't know nothing about singing dancing. What about moving your feet? Nah, nah, nah just rock. Just nah, rock. I move, I move this rock. I move this. He could have been that guy standing on the side of the stage like this. <laughs> He'd probably be sell- he'd probably be selling rock to the addicts that are dancing. That, see, that's the problem. That's why I didn't like about Freddie. That's why I didn't like about Freddie. Freddie not only was you could be a drug dealer, but if you just sitting he's almost there, use- he's useless. He useless. Almost useless. If yeah. you're sitting there and the whole dance crew is addicts <laughs> and you ain't doing nothing, man, it'd be like, man, for some reason the whole the whole crew just jumping. Yeah, I I gave him some of my special. Got him high. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I, I've researched this for years. Who is Soul Lixer and 2B Smooth? Who are they? No clue. Or were they made up for the movie? Maybe? It had to be. Had to be. Maybe they were like stand-ins for other groups and they just made it up or something? Well, well, they had to be important because one of the singers shot... Okay, shot shot the, shot someone the, the other hell. manager. Like that's pretty intense. <laughs> like over a spot on the tour. Look, man, we gonna pop you. Like I I, I researched for a year. I thought that maybe there were some regional groups, and and Hammer outshined them. That's why he he started with being the opening act, then he closed the show. These are not real groups. I don't know who they're based on. Hmm. But to have that storyline of one of the, the group, their manager being killed yeah, um, just over some, I don't know. Over some, some garbage? Some, some nonsense. I, I, again, that's where we started getting to Hammer's a Saint. Because <laughs> for some reason, after somebody gets shot, Hammer arrives before the police and ambulance do. I don't know if you noticed that, like. Uh, no, no, the, the police were there when he when he went to find his brother. But they didn't even cover up the body. No, but no, they hadn't covered up the body. But when he found, you you see it, you see it like barely in the background. When he comes to he comes next to Wesley, you see a cop trying to keep people from coming up the stairs. But the, but somebody would have covered up the body. <clears throat> well, I mean, you you would think, but that budget. <laughs> They can't afford a sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Cops cost money, bro. Little hammer. Police lines tape cost money. That's, that's when the budget was very tight. <laughs> he was like, I mean, I remember that the ambulance was there and they had sheets. Hammer, we gave you $50,000. You <laughs> I can pay this to the IRS. I can slide it to you. Which one you want? <laughs> well, I guess we don't need sheets or cops. So no, no, no. We you can just throw there, it there in a, a like, there, Yeah, there was a cop trying to keep people from coming up the steps. And then another cop was taking my brother's statement. Look, we can only cast one cop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got room for one cop. Remember, you said you had eight brothers and sisters. We could only cast one person to play all your brothers. And that and cop sisters. was a production assistant. It wasn't even an actor. <laughs> nah, he was somebody uncle who owed him a favor. Look, man, I just need you to step in and just and just wear this cop costume we got from Party City, and let's just do this thing. So after that, like, I still don't know who Solixer and Two Be Smooth are. I don't know who they're based on. Um, so. Hammer goes out on tour, has the, the the national tour, then the world tour, and he did the little promos, which those are real. Well, I mean, not the actual, what you see in the film, but he has real promos in which it's, he's in front of a green screen saying, whatever city, I'm coming to see you. 
Um, oh lord! And in that montage, is like these got more and more racist. <laughs> I was hoping that was fake. When he tried the fake Australian accent, I was like, okay, that's cute. When he goes shalom, I'm when like, he, stop it. They, they, stop that's it. why they, I, I felt like with that when he said shalom, but like whatever he said, like we can't put this in the movie. <laughs> whatever else he really said. So or he starts like, trying to speak Cantonese or Mandarin or whatever. It's just like. Ooh, <laughs> It's like the only th- the and only thing I cut it off. Think of... you said Konnichiwa. That's it. That's all you got. Say. The only thing I think of that could have been worse is if they caught him on camera, like doing his eyes, like. <laughs> Hello, like, what, my camera, it? stop, stop what? it, cut, cut. What, what city are we in? Japan. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Japanese, no. Chinese. Ch- okay, <laughs> let me get my eyes right. Hold on, hold on. He had on uh, the little hat too. <laughs> It reminded me of the three Asian guys in um, Last Dragon, where they're like, "You take your holy ass down to the." <laughs> I was like, Ooh, this, could, "This could get bad. This could get really bad." Um, Thank goodness they didn't have Twitter back then. <laughs> so, Hannah, <laughs> <Hey>, you're canceled. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the tour promos got more and more racist, and uh, I was trying to think of this uh, the scene, but it's like, oh yeah, when. When they got the big house and everything, and well, no, and you gloss over it. He, when he was explaining the house to the white man, even the white man was like, "Bro, I don't think you got enough money." For this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, like, like, I, it's like you got an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. You want waterfalls, and it's like, and this garage ain't big enough. I got eight cars. I already. got eight cars. Like, yeah, I was. That dude yeah. was looking at him like, um, "You sure you want to do this?" <laughs> you, <laughs> he was like, "He was like, look." I, want to see water as soon as I walk in. Well, nigga, go to the ocean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you, yeah. It's just like you got. It, it, it was weird because it, it it was the first in many scenes where it's just like you him know, blowing money. You ain't got enough money for this. Yes, there were warning signs and in everywhere. In the middle of meeting with the guy who is horses. building your house, mm-hmm. he's got a horse running in Florida. Like this ain't even the triple crown. Just yeah. some horse. Yeah, somewhere. They just, I get they were like the mail on the line. He wants five minutes. Do I have just enough? Nah, nigga. <laughs> Come on, man. The mayor of L.A. Gets Would that fi- have been Garcetti back then at that point? Gil Garcetti? No, no. Because um, he was the mayor during the OJ trial, and that was like, think, what, 90? That was like 94, 95. I think where that, it was um, uh, Bradley, someone named Bradley. Oh, okay. um, yeah, that's, it don't matter. That's funny. Like, five minutes for the mayor of L.A. Okay. Um, like all this money, so they in get the house. house. You're not a billionaire. The house is nice though, but he's not a billionaire. But I agree, it's a very nice house. But you're not a billionaire. Like the people who buy these types of houses are people who own companies that constantly have money coming in. But that's the problem. I I don't think I well, think he thought he was. He thought he was. But he didn't realize like about taxes. Yeah, and the fact that you were hiring and how much it actually costs to pay it. all of these yeah. people. Weekly to save Oakland. He <laughs> tried to save Oakland. He tried to save Oakland. He don't save Oakland. It don't want a piece. And then his, his wife was like, "Baby, I think this is too." Shut up. So, th- and that's what made me mad because he swore to God, no one tried to tell him these things. And at every point, the man selling him the house, his Freddie, his I, they, brother, they, they weren't. His I guess wife. they weren't loud. It was like. Are you sure you want to do this? We gonna drown in there. Are you sure it. you should be doing that? We gonna drown if you don't spend it. <laughs> now, the only the only time somebody actually said something to him is when homeboy got shot. He was like, "Pay him, pay him, or else we'll drown in it." 
Look, bro. Obviously, I don't think it's... Again, the relationship between him and his brother, I don't know if it was... It was a lack of the writing or because this was bad writing, but he had to have somebody around him to say, look, man, look, he ain't got that much money, you know, you. But he wouldn't, I, I, he wouldn't really, I think, I, I don't know if there was enough of an effort of the older, because he's, he's the, Wes is the older brother to get through to him, to get through to Hammer saying like. You know, yeah, we're making a lot of money, but we probably shouldn't spend it like this. Like it, that, that didn't come across. Well, I mean, I will say it's too much, but you got to realize, man, this was the peak of Hammer, right? He had the cartoon when he put on the shoes. Hammer he man, toys. <laughs> he had the toy. Taco Bell commercial, yeah. the Pepsi commercial. For some reason, him and James Brown were linked somewhere because, like, yeah. in, like in some of his videos, James Brown. James Brown was in the two legit videos. Yeah, yeah. like the yeah. extended version. Yeah, so I mean, he was at the height of. Uh, so, like Stephanie asked the question, and I, it, I, no one, I felt like no one could get through to him. Where she asked, "Why are you helping all these people? Why are you helping all these people?" Eddie, that's when Saint Hammer comes out. <laughs> Saint Hammer of Oakland. God bless me with talent, and 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 I'm supposed to help every fiend. <laughs> crackhead and drug dealer in Oakland. Have you seen Oakland, baby? I want to lift it up. I just get tired of every time I look across that bridge and see a better tomorrow and we stuck here in the muck. I'm trying to raise us up. So, <laughs> after that, um, so, uh, Abe saw the dude with the pointy hairstyle. Bruh. And I feel like that guy actually exists because he's in the Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> like that's that the only thing hard, I remember. Man. It's two things, three things about this rem- movie I remember. Um, one, no, four. One is the pool with the skunk. That was disgusting. <laughs> two was that dude's hair because it was bothering me. Yeah, it like a Q-tip. Three, um, let's spend the money or let's we drown in it. <laughs> and four. His friendship and unwritten bromance with Tupac Shakur. Okay, before we get to that, um, uh, so uh, Freddie's on crack. So as soon as I saw him, he's like, "Where's Where's Freddie? Where is he?" I was like, "I bet he's getting high. <laughs> Freddie's getting high." Ain't nothing to do. You can't rap. You can't sing. You can't dance. All these talented ass people around you. What you gonna do to feel better? Drugs. Get high. <laughs> Hammer. I thought you understood me, but I found somebody else. Who that? That glass dick, baby. <laughs> Mary J. When I blow into it, I'm Hammer. That that white horse, as they used to call it. <laughs> um. So, uh, too legit comes out. There's mostly white people at the concert. Like he's white and famous now, boy. Oh man! And then the black people was like, "Am I the?" And then the brother. The whole time the brother was behind the scene. First the brother told him, "Yeah, too. Uh, man, we ain't got the money for this, especially with too legit." Not saying what you talking about. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, he was like, yeah, but it's not as good. We still in the red." Then they went to the scene and said, "I just noticed we ain't no, we ain't down no more." Then he came out there after the brother did tell him that we ain't got the money to um pay all these people. We can't pay these people every week on the too legit. Stage. 
it was at least 40 motherfuckers up there. <laughs> <to let you. laughs> With the complex stage setup as well. Yes, and the lighting and the power test. could not have been cheap. Um, so uh, then he has the speech about putting money back in the community. And he says, basically, LL Cool J and Ice Cube and these other guys aren't doing it. Or are they doing it? Bruh. Bruh. I wish I wish I could be in the room when LL Cool J and them actually see that and they just laughing at it. That's why we still rich now. I didn't try to save Queens. like I took some acting classes. Okay, Ice Cube. He he he's a natural writer. He's a gifted writer. And he didn't try to save LA. <laughs> he tried to save he wrote some movies. Yeah. Okay. I'm try- the only cause I'm trying to um save is Ice Cube and Ice T's cause, not Oakland. Yeah. Hammer out here trying to save cities. <laughs> <laughs> um so Hammer learned about California taxes. And I don't I don't know if it's always been a thing, but like, okay, he yeah, I made thirty three million dollars. Half of that's gone. Yeah. Half of that goes to the government. Uh, Imagine agents, too. This is why. Yeah. Not, not not even that. I think they talk about all his bills. But one of the things that was fascinating to me, um, and this was when Evander Holyfield built that house mm-hmm. over there, he used to say, guys, it costs $50,000. Just to maintain it? Just to keep the lights on. Yeah. Right. A month. A month. Mm. Because, like, I mean, it's huge. It's it takes huge. up a lot of energy. Could you imagine? Like, and they showed a video. Of, I don't know if that was his true house. They filmed it or not. But all that water Yeah, that was water sparkling. bill had to be so high. Yeah. The power bill to power pump all that water yes. had to be high. The studios, the lights. To heat and cool that house yes. had to be high just because you had to the. Clean, to yeah. clean the pool. He had two pools. Yeah. Yes. Like, you don't. You got to think about that type of stuff when you buy those houses. It's not just can you afford the upfront. I remember cost. one one thing that uh, he had because of his he had to always have a midnight snack or whatever. Mm-hmm. He had a dishwasher built into his bedroom. <clears throat> I thought that was That's one so of the more excessive, excessive things. Just I walk ever down to your kitchen, bro. Did. Just walk down to your kitchen. I don't know, man. Some of the shit is cool. Like when Deion Sanders had that uh that 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 scooter. To Deion ride around. Sanders is rich though. Like Deion Sanders was a was a sports athlete. He was gonna keep getting, you know. Oh man, but I never getting in the movie and like in the VH1. I forgot the name of the um, the show. He used to get in that scooter to ride down to the gym, work out, <laughs> and then get back in that scooter and ride. Like he played two sports. Like yeah. Deion Sanders was set. MC Hammer had an out al- like had kind of like two albums that did well. And he did, he was not trying to save. Fort Lauderdale, yeah. which is where he's from. <laughs> yeah. He was not trying to save them. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, like, Hammer was just bad with his money. He, this is why you can't, ha- like, I, I think they hit the nose on the nail on the head. Why did you send your brother, a real estate lawyer, to audit Capitol's books? You can't keep everything in the family, bruh. Hire a real, a real lawyer. That's why you mad now, because they're telling you the truth. <laughs> Finally. So when he had to fire everyone, uh, Everyone's mad. Like, oh, that's my grateful man. without go a job. Flip, am I supposed to go flip burgers? Well, do you have any other skills? Nah, you're supposed to go back to that crap rock that I mm-hmm. took you from. That's what you're supposed to go back to. I was a dancer and not a good one. And then, <laughs> so one thing that it came off very poorly was when he goes on his first tour 
and he comes he does his first show comes off stage and you see the big guy uh that's supposed to be Suge Knight who there was nothing that said oh that's Suge Knight very very nothing very very poor casting of everyone on death row but 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 but, but here's the thing like this, this dude's too dark skinned to be Suge Knight also, in the first he's, place also he's too fit to be Suge Knight did Suge Knight have hair at that time no he that was dude, he, he's he, he was bald. probably at the time he had Maybe a fade, but this, maybe. but this dude but was for the most muscular. Part, we know him as being bald, yeah. Should Knight was never muscular. Should Knight was just big. big. I mean, he was. I mean, he was a former. Uh, he played college football. That that dude had a bodybuilder body, not a former college football body. Yeah, I mean, because they they had him wearing like tight shirts. You see how muscular? Yeah, yeah. Should Knight, Knight was wearing baggy. Yeah, yeah baggy yeah. red shirts, cigars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean. From Boston. Yeah, but it was like we're supposed to know that Suge Knight. Like, oh, that's Suge Knight right there. Well, like, now, no one. Like, who's this guy? Well, Why does he have a line? In, in, in the NWA movie, when they bumped into him, and and in the Bobby Brown movie, when they bumped into him, maybe because they used the same actor. Yeah, he he he. This has been the same actor in the in Straight Outta Compton, the Michelet movie, and by and the Bobby Brown one. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Shug Knight. Because mm. he kind of looks like Shug Knight. Oh, you mean from those movies? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because this dude looks nothing. No, this nothing. dude looks like Shug Knight. I'm talking about the guy who was in this movie. No, no. And he looked nothing. I didn't even know that was him when he came into the house. I was like, who is he talking to? Who is this when guy? When he was boxing with him, I was like, so who's this guy? Yeah, and then he, so, and then there's like, guns in the house. and Did, uh, like, you're at, okay, this is at Hammer's house. Meeting, he's talking to Suge Knight about signing with Death Row. Did Suge Knight force him to have this pool party so that he would meet? Like, he was all nice about it. Like, there's guns. Oh, are they bothering you? I'll go tell them to put the guns up right now. I was like, I'm pretty sure Suge Knight was not that polite. And they made it seem like, and this is this was part was also wrong, um, that he signed with Death Row and made Funky Uh Headhunter. Yeah, he did not. He did not. Make Funky Headhunter on Death Row. I'm not even sure he signed with Death Row. Maybe no, he, he was able to record in their studios. What, what was the name of something like Grant, Grant Capital or something like that? Uh, it's called like Giant. Yeah, yeah Giant, yeah. That's why I'm trying like to figure out. Too. I do th- like that record. That's why I'm trying to figure out if he was never officially signed with Death Row, mm-hmm. when did this b- bustling, blossoming Romance. friendship like, cause the way him and, the way this movie goes, Hammer gave Tupac's eulogy. He signed. He signed with Death Row, but uh, the album, the album that he made while he was there was not released. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was on the label, but they made it seem like he made oh, Funky yeah. Headhunter on Death Row. He did not. That was that scene where they come in and they have the vote. I thought MC like if they, if they vote, if they did not, if they voted to not sign him, they were going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who they had playing Tupac didn't look nothing like Tupac. I was like, that's Tupac? I was wondering who the, who is the other bald guy supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Dr. Like, Dre. <laughs> like the casting was that bad. Like you know, Tupac they, they, had they a had, goatee. They had like people like. Dark skinned people playing light skin. That was probably supposed to be like Mac Ten or something. <laughs> like, like they didn't even give the guy who played Tupac. It's like he couldn't grow a goatee. 
They're just like just no. grow just grow like the bottom and the top and we'll just call it a day, bro. And you put the bandana on. Oh, yeah. Tie the bandana. That's, that's, another that's the only way you knew. Tied bandana in the front means Tupac. That's the only way you knew. It's like, who is that? Well, clearly that's Tupac. He's Tupac. got on a bandana. In the back, and the FUBU jersey. Tied with the, the front. You know, the yeah, front side. Yeah. If it was the back, I wouldn't know who the hell he is. Uh, yeah. But if it's, it's in the front, that's Back, clearly, bandana, pop. That's Tupac. He can hit a jump shot. That's Tupac. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tupac vouched for him. He said, that's his art. That's his art style. We should make him change. And then they were like, didn't it, didn't it, didn't it? That that part right there is clearly selling the two part is was his friend and therefore vows for him with that whole street community because it was like man if Pac says it then I'm down mm-hmm. but who talks like that and that's how I knew that was Pac because I was like who is this oh if Pac said oh that's Tupac okay okay I got be, it I yeah they it. they really shoehorned the Tupac friendship into this because this is like the last twenty minutes oh yeah and you would and he was just minutes. devastated. But I will say this since we're talking uh, about it. Oh, we're... I, have, I have one more thing. Hmm. Um, so, like, they made it. Like, he made Funky Headhunter for Death Row. He did not. But when he's making Pumps in a Bump and he's replaying the song over and over and Tupac's getting he's a little annoyed. And mastering it, yeah. Um, and he says, we're not going to finish the song. You don't have to finish the song in one night. I'm like, that sounds very anti-Tupac. Yeah, I, as I'm watching that and Tupac falls asleep, I'm like, I heard Tupac was like a workaholic. Well, I mean, this, this, this doesn't gel because Tupac had like three albums post-death. Yeah, right? Tupac lived in, in the, the studio. studio. He had to have been in the studio every day for three years Yeah, with a to have material. 10 albums worth of material. Yeah. So that's that. I thought that was a little Doing weird. Doing it all in one take. And Hammer's like, you know, people thought that Tupac worked hard, but actually, you know, he wasn't. He fell asleep when I was mixing pumps in a bump. I don't know where this whole workaholic thing came He got from. his work ethic from Hammer. But then, yeah, then he saw me in there mixing and mastering. He's like, Put you know what, mix. Hammer? I'm going to work hard like you. And he changed his life. Hey, I, now, afterwards, <laughs> y'all don't know this, but after the basketball tournament, we, we, we went over a couple of words in the good book. A couple of scripts. <laughs> Oh man! Well, he was like, you know, people don't know this, but one day when we were playing basketball, he told me he wanted to give up this thug life and maybe learn Italian or something. You know, he's just—he was a thinker. You know, he shared these things with me and only me. Only me. Y'all don't know this. Y'all don't know. You can read about it in my book based on the movie. There's, there's a scene in Pumps in the Bomb. Oh God! There's a scene in Pumps in the Bomb where one—I'm almost positive they wouldn't act it. The little girl was smiling. I was going to talk about that. And she was laughing because I was laughing because this was a train wreck. I'm like, does anybody see, like, okay, he's he's, the first and last rapper in a Speedo. Um, (laughs) And he's dancing. He he sees his wife, and she's giving him the 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 evil eye. Like, what the hell is this? And... The daughter is just smiling like daddy. <laughs> it's daddy. He's working. What? What? Like, what's her motivation? What did they tell her? No. Like, does no, anybody see that she no, is smiling? This no, is weird. No, that wasn't her motivation. <laughs> I, I would be smiling too to watch a train wreck in real life. Oh, dad, daddy, bat sliding for real. <laughs> pumps in the pump. Pump. Mommy, is daddy naked? <laughs> Mommy, we're gonna lose the house, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that ain't the funny part. <laughs> no, you brought it up, so we're going to fast forward and tell you this. She was doing cartwheels in the house when they were moving her out. Yeah. <laughs> she, won't be, she ain't going to be that happy when they found out they moving to mama's house, mama's, oh, to grandma's house. Because that's where they oh, ended up. Oh, God. Um, so, like I said, they shoehorned the friendship with Tupac. I, I don't think, like, the night he was shot. Because, like I said, like, I haven't seen All Eyes on Me, but I'm pretty sure there is no reference to Hammer. There's no they reference to that. They made it sound there. like he was like, seriously, like talking about my best friend. Bruh. I see you at <laughs> in the place. In this movie, they were, they were best friends. Man. Like he was they, about to get in the car with him. He was like, he's like, he was like. Hey, we, we're going to go to the club. Okay, I'll, I'll meet y'all there. And no. then that's the last time and then, No, 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 no. Tupac's going was based on Hammer participating. That's the way it was shot. Because yeah. he was like. Are we going out to, um, uh, I'm thinking about going to the club. Hammer's like, nah, I'm not going. Oh, preacher don't want to go. You got to come with us. Uh, Hammer's just no fun. It won't be I... the scene without your Hammer. And then <laughs> when. Uh, like, okay, I got to grab Freddie though, okay? And then when Freddy Tupac to turned around, I don't know if they slowed it down for dramatic effect. Yes, they did. Or were they. You dis- know they did. Yeah, or, they, or was he disappointed that Hammer wasn't going to Man, it's not going to be no fun without Hammer. Nothing's fun without Hammer. He's the greatest. <laughs> he like, said Cut. he's going to get Freddy. Let's do he's that line again. He's not coming, guys. <laughs> and make Tupac say it with more passion. Like, he's really going to miss me if I'm not there. <laughs> and they tried to have, like, the, the, the black basketball jersey that Tupac was wearing, even though he wasn't actually wearing that at the time. Cause, <laughs> because the, the way they shot it, this had to be before the fight. In the hotel. Well, now, this could just be my memory because it's foggy. But I distinctly remember, because Tupac was shot a lot, so I could be wrong. <laughs> but I distinctly remember them shooting Tupac, and they did surgery on him, and he was getting better. And then afterwards, he, like, died. Right. Is that true? I don't know about the getting better part. But they had him, like, in a wheelchair. He was moving around or something, right? I don't. Well, think this is was... the second time he had been shot right multiple times yeah i think i think they i mean he was he didn't die immediately yeah it was like a week later yeah but like it was like the injuries were too okay too bad like i think he was in a coma or something wasn't he yeah yeah uh but they made it seem like oh if if he hadn't gone out you know if hammer could have it's like Hammer blamed himself. Yeah. And then at the end, it had Hammer. They had the sheet going over Tupac. Hammer's like, no, not Tupac family. Wasn't his mama wasn't there. No, just Hammer. <laughs> it was like, no, not my friend. If I would have just made us take a taxi cab, <laughs> Tupac would have been alive. So I must carry his memory. <laughs> Attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, <laughs> Oh god! And then they had the, like the montage of the flashbacks of their friendship. Like they were in two scenes together, yeah, basically <laughs> playing basketball. We could be wrong. We could be wrong. And then Hammer, Hammer, if you're listening to the podcast, I would say, of course he's not listening to the podcast. He's got so many other things to do. But obviously not, not have anything to do. Because to me, the car mm. dealership closes at ten, so Ooh. he could he could be the Hammer. <laughs> the sad thing here is too, Tupac's not here to tell his side of the story. So, like, we have, you know, so many different accounts of who he was friends with, so forth and so on. And, it's, and I mean, would it be interesting to find out that him and Hammer were, like, really close friends? Yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative. But, you know, something tells me that they weren't. Yeah, I, I don't see. 
I don't know Tupac, so. I mean, like, I would imagine if they were that close, I feel like Tupac might have guessed it on one of his songs. Did he? No. No. I think he probably would have been like, hey, bro, I, I see you trying to make a comeback. Hey, 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 they, I'm going to help they, you out. Their friendship was beyond music, Ben. Let me tell you something. Me and you were friends. I've never been on any of your songs. So that's a different story. <laughs> but like, also, like they never did anything together. Like y'all would just like, what y'all hid this friendship from the world. It was secret, secret love. Was he like, bro? You um, you know, your stock's a little low for me to call you my friend, Mister Hammer. But <laughs> look, man, man, I said I could be your friend, but only when nobody else is watching. Yeah, it kind of felt like that. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, like, that was, I will say that was probably the most disappointing part of the movie, how they really tried to ham up their relationship and just make it seem like they were just, like, tight. And apparently, uh, after Tupac died, Hammer just left Death Row. He was nobody just able just, to just leave. Yeah, nobody just leaves Death Row. <laughs> Although, so I will say this, though. But the uh, maybe, it, like, wouldn't you can't release the album, but he was able to get some songs that, were on that album that was never released to be on the next album. I have heard through interviews that Hammer is very well connected to the gang community. Yes. And this is probably something he left out of the movie on purpose. Because there's a story there's yes, a story that Redman tells. And yes. MC yeah. Search. And MC Search. And I remember like it was someone on MTV where uh, they were interviewing Outcast and somebody was talking about Hammer. And I remember Andre 3000 saying, run up on Hammer. Yeah, like, <laughs> a, like MC Hurt Search was going to get assassinated, had a hit out on him in Oakland. Like, oh, because yeah. they made that song. Because they made that song. So it's like, so maybe that's why MC Hammer left Oakland. He's like, bro, you know my connection's right. So actually in that case, Hammer may have just been able to just leave. Yeah. And they were like, they're like, aren't you going to stop him? Like, bro, no. Have you been to Oakland before? Do you know that's how deep, Hammer. Do you know how deep Hammer is? Hammer, yeah, yeah. I value my life, bro. I live in California. I value my life. Look, Hammer got goods. Look. Hammer got goods. Look. Just remember that. Hammer, he look. got goods. Look. Well, I mean, he I saved think, Oakland. So <laughs> look, Hammer was legitimately trying to bring people out of a bad situation. Uh, and, and much as y'all talk about Compton and Bumpton and LBC and all that shit, y'all living better than them niggas in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm pretty sure. He had hit us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hammer, and since Hammer was paying everybody just to sit at the house, he probably had a full crew of motherfuckers sitting like this. Ready. Just ready. Just ready. Just ready with the strap. Just like. Maybe that was Freddie's job the whole time. And, and we was, just never knew that. That yeah. was. <laughs> you, you know, what, what they say the, uh, who controls the goons the goblins well maybe Freddie was the yeah. goblin like oh yeah man it's like you heard that MC Search song right yeah um, he's in Oakland this weekend you know what to do <laughs> he's gonna be at the Beverly Center you know what to do I'm pretty sure Hammer would probably put like some uh, some colorful language not to say hit I just want you to pray for the man we got you Hammer <laughs> I just want you to give him some scripture some divine words <laughs> Oh, miss, me and MC Search about to have a word of prayer. <laughs> but I do wonder, like, because after hearing about that, you know, they made him seem so squeaky clean. I just wanted to teach these, you know, these hoodlums how to dance. Like, what was what else was he doing? Right. Did Hammer sell drugs? No. I don't think he sold, no. I don't think he so sold So what drugs. else did he do? You know, was he like the mafia? You know, drugs bring too much heat so we don't sell drugs. But we do everything else. We steal cars. We he, he knew how to protect himself. And I think he, because of, you know, what he did, he had a lot of influence with yeah. people to where, like, they will do, they will 
I don't know if they'd take a bullet for Hammer, but at least they would kill for Hammer I mean, if it was necessary. They, they kill niggas for, <laughs> back then, they were killing niggas for free in Oakland. Hammer was paying them. <laughs> See, he creating jobs. <laughs> wow, he is a job creator. Hey man, I guess trucking down economics does work, baby. <laughs> Look, man, I, man, hammer, man, murder ain't no thing, man. I, I, how many people I killed just on the way to get here? I do. I would like to see though, just because I think that, not saying that there weren't good biopics back then, because I mean you still had like you know some that came out in the in the eighties and the nineties that were good. I would like to see someone take another stab at an MC Hammer movie. Just to see if now, because of where um, rap and music biopics in general have but come, no, no, no. if they'd be willing to maybe explore some darker themes. No, they need to. They need to. And you, you got an mm. awesome idea. But where they need to start, let's let the, the um, Romney Malcolm movie stand. We never got what happens after moving truck left. So, I so well, because I mean, you made this in two thousand one, mm-hmm. so that's before yeah, this pop was, that caller. Yeah, this was before, like ten years yeah. before the Jay Z beef. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I'll be out. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that's happened since then. I just would like to see this movie done right, just because I think we've reached a point with with biopics to where we're okay with exploring the dark side. Yeah, and maybe this happens after he dies or something. I don't know, but like I think back to. One that's especially good, Walk the Line. Like, they went some really dark places in Walk the Line. That, you know, if you're Johnny Cash, maybe you don't want people going. I, I don't know how involved he was with But you got to be dead for a while. Well, Johnny Cash was alive, though, when they made Walk the Line, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Or, or Ray Charles was, he uh, died shortly before the movie came out. But he was involved in the movie. And I haven't seen Ray, but I know there's some dark things there. You've, you've never seen Ray? I've never seen Ray. Mm-mm. Damn, Ben, do you watch movies? Not really, no. Hold on. I happen to see um, Walk the Line on just a whim. And I just uh, remember thinking, like, this movie is, like, Greg, unneededly, a- unneededly dark. But before, could Greg <laughs> give me that look? Greg, have you seen Ray? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of movies, so. Please get Ben to see Ray. I haven't seen Walk the Line. I haven't seen Walk the Line either, but you got to see Ray. Yeah, this, I mean, they came out around the same time. I just happened to be hanging out at, um... At Jennifer's place, and it came on. And we watched it. It felt like it was five hours long. Nah, it was so dark. <laughs> nah, Ray is good because that's when that's when I believe you really see how good an actor Jamie Foxx. No, is. I believe you. I believe you, and I think we're at that point now where because the only other one I can think of is the one you told me about with was it Gary Busey played Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, yeah. Like, but like usually you you didn't get like big name actors. Well, I'm to may- play these people. Maybe because I, I I have I have insomnia. I've watched mm-hmm. all these ones, like Great Ball of the Fire. Have you seen that one? Oh, about Jerry Lee Lewis. I've yeah. seen a yeah. little Who's, bit of who it. Who plays Jerry Lee Lewis in that one? Uh, Dennis uh, Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Oh, oh yeah. And Winona, and Winona, Winona Ryder plays the. Uh, okay. The, the that came out. When did that come out? In the eighties. It was like in the eighties. Okay. Late eighties. Yeah. I mean, I don't what, know. La like, Bamba. Have you seen La Bamba? I have not seen La Bamba. Um, what's another one? Uh, I saw Selena. For this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you see the Jackson one, the American Dream? Yeah. yeah. Do you times. see the Do you see the Bobby Brown one? Yeah. I've seen yeah. Bobby we Brown. did an episode about yeah. about both of those. Yeah. Okay. New edition. Okay. Um. They don't have a Janet Jackson one. No. Have you seen either of the Jimi Hendrix ones? I haven't. Mm-mm. No, I haven't seen any of those. There's one where Wood Harris plays him, and the other with Andre Three Thousand. Mm. Really? That 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 came out. 
The old Audrey 3000? Mm-hmm. Came out a long time ago. I thought I thought they were always working on it and never got <laughs> it out. Um, I just yeah. wish I could. we could see, um, you know, like about lesser known bands or like, not lesser known, but like ones that weren't as big. Like, where's the, the, the kinks? Where's the... <laughs> It's going to be the two brothers Davies. fighting all the time. Let's just get that, you know. Them being petty. <laughs> so, I, but I don't, I mean, I don't watch all the biopics anyway. I mean, I have to really, really be interested in the artist to want to see it, which is why I'm surprised I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody because I, I do like Queen. I love Rolling Stones one. But you would hate Bohemian Rhapsody. I've heard it's very paint by numbers. No, it's just, it I, doesn't. I, I thought they like left a lot of stuff it out. It doesn't make any sense. So. Well, don't tell me about it. Let me watch it and maybe but come back Lawrence, on for If it. you're in bands, do you know what they're talking about? Doesn't make any sense. Oh well, have you mm-hmm. seen um, Rocket Man? Because I feel like they tried they they tried to like market Rocket it the same yeah. way. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I haven't uh, seen Rocket Man. I forgot that was. They should do a Stevie Wonder one. I don't want to figure out. We gotta wait for Stevie to die. Yeah, I want to see one on mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder. I want to see one on Millie Vanilli. Uh, I will say one band I'm surprised we haven't seen one on is the Beatles. Yeah, that shocks the crap out of it's me. It's the rights to the music. It yeah, has that has, has to, to be, be the sticking point. It's mm, the rights to the music. Probably too expensive. Yeah. Um. Good point. Good point. I wonder if they're gonna do one. I mean, they already have the title for it, but I wonder if they're gonna actually do it for the right person. You know what the title is, right? For what? The Winter Soldier. Hold on. What do you mean, the Winter Soldier? The Winter Soldier. Um, Guy Sebastian. No. Um. I call him the Winter Soldier. Smokey, oh Smokey Robinson, yeah, that would be a good. That would be a very good. I one. call him the Winter Soldier because he doesn't age, and they only seem like they defrost him for events. <laughs> he said, look, look, bro, look, bro. So how long, how long, how long you want Smokey out? I feel like the sticking point for that is they want to have that gang banging song, and he won't, he won't give them the rights to use that. Song. <laughs> what gang banging song? Oh my God, I got, I got. It's a gang banging song. I don't he, know. He made a song called Gang Banging. Oh God. This came out it and it's it's so it came out a few years ago and it's the same as he um as he always wrote. And the the way he's written, he's written the same way this whole time. Mm. I can't believe y'all haven't heard it. Well, as he pulls this up, the other the other one I, I would like to see as well, um, because he's basically like your favorite guitar player's favorite guitar player is Chuck Berry. Because he influenced a lot of people. But they but they, but they kinda well, they did, kinda did that with Cadillac Records. With yeah. Uh, oh, he's in. Def, he's in. Oh, I haven't seen Kelly played, Records. Yeah, most yeah. definitely Chuck Berry. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And um, what's the face paid? Beyonce paid. I didn't realize. Hey, I didn't realize Kelly Records was actually like. I thought that was made up, kind of like Dream Girls. No. 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 Oh. Kelly Records is real. That, that's oh. Etta James. Chuck Etta Berry. James, Chuck Berry. Okay. Uh, Lil Walter. Jeff Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright is uh, Muddy Waters. Yeah. Columbus Short is how, Bill Walter. How, how deep did they go with with Chuck Berry? Because Chuck Berry was devious. Not too Not, far. It, it kind of they had where he like where like he was he having would sex get with a, the girls. Yeah. They, yeah. He would on? get a. Uh, no, they didn't go that far, but they had where he was um, when he would go out on tour. He would keep the hotel money and sleep in his car. Yeah. Just, just yeah. to keep the money, but then like. He had two white girls, uh, and I think he drove across state lines with them. Yeah. So that means. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's the gangbanging song. Wasting your time drinking that wine. 
Why does this sound like tears of a clown? Jesus. It sounds like the alternate take to my girl. <laughs> I stand to my This sounds wish. like they this sounds like this sounds like they're like when they made waterfalls, like we can write about this type all of stuff I'm better. Hearing, like this all I'm hearing your mother. All I'm hearing. Can't and even though even though uh Smokey wrote well, even though there's a temptation song. Smokey wrote it out. I said, all I hear, I stare through my window and watch as the guys pass by <laughs> taking turns. Oh, he didn't write he didn't write that one. He didn't write that one. He didn't write that one. That was Norman Whitfield. Game he wrote banging. My Girl though. He wrote oh, okay. My Girl. <laughs> oh God. That is um And he also did that remember Deaf Poetry Jam? He did it as a spoken word that the gang banging song. I mean that song is genius. I mean <laughs> Um, I know the messed up about it doing is doing that coke. Let me tell you something. Smoking what? that smoke. Smoking that smoke. <laughs> what? A, what? Giving up hope. Gang banging. Gang banging. Man, um. <laughs> that's that's bad, man. But hey, I mean, every every you know, every song can't be a banger or a gang banger. I don't, <laughs> I don't think y'all know oh, how bad. much influence Smokey had back in the day. Like the whole light skin nigga shit. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, why else do you think he was the lead singer? Yeah, Smokey, Smokey set light skin niggas up all the way until Wesley killed them in um, New Jack City. But before then, I would, I would that now that you know, Smokey Robinson thinking all the about way it, that would be a sure. good, uh, yeah. that would be a good biopic though. I don't know, I don't know a lot about his life, but I think that'd be a good biopic. It, it might make Barry Gordy look bad. It's yeah. a, it's about time for Barry Gordy to look bad <laughs> for being real. Because I mean, he kind of that looked, might. But what we have, we might have that might be what we have to wait for. Yeah. What was it? Um, who played him in Dreamgirls? Was uh, Jamie Foxx? Yeah. They kind of made him look bad, even though I know he's not Barry Gordy, but we all know he's it's based, based on, on Barry, Barry Gordy. Gordy, and that made him look kind of bad, you know. Because um, uh, Cece is based on Smokey Robinson. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But, I mean, like, I think it's time for us to pull back the veil that Barry Gordy was just this businessman. Barry Gordy was a was, was kind of a dick. <laughs> no. No. Why was Barry Gordy a dick, man? He, he treated I know him. people don't want to believe that because he black people aren't allowed to be anti-heroes. Yeah. Nah, we can't. We don't. We don't have a black Tony right. Soprano no. or a black Walter White. No, no. everything we did because it's a struggle, man. Everything is excused. I guess what the closest what Frank Lucas maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe gangster. Ghost, Ghost on Power. Yeah, like that's you know, and even then, like I mean, <laughs> you know, seeing Power, hey? not, and I don't want to. No, actually, Power is really good. Uh, I'll take your word for it. All right, y'all. Um, 
longer than I expected, but let's go ahead and end this discussion on uh, Too Legit, the MC Hammer story. What Y'all, is MC Hammer doing now, Greg? Uh, is he still preaching? He said it was a failure, which I thought was funny. And old man, the man was like, we're not failures. Let's see what he's doing now. That was great. But he did admittedly say he bit he was backsliding for pumps in the bump. He, um, do a tone he for has that. gotten into the tech world. Oh shit. Um he's made some money. You see I looked at his net worth, it said two million. Uh he Not is bad. also yeah, so basically it looks like he's in the tech world and doing T V every now and again. Uh, oh, and he's been doing those commercial. what was it Cheetos? I don't that know. They had him like dress as like 1990 Hammer. Same thing they're doing <laughs> with um, Janiel White. He said, "I would never, be, I would never do that role again." Next thing you know, when they hustling weed, he that's said, a lot of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> well, get me my glasses. <laughs> um. So let's see. Him and Stephanie are still together. Good really, black love. Good for them. They have five kids. Damn. She still has sex with that nigga and he lost all that money. That's a good Christian woman. Mm-hmm. Stuck by her man. Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. <laughs> and he, uh, he was actually, I guess someone tried to hook him up with Whitney Houston in the 90s. Oh, that's weird. <sighs> no. Everybody tried maybe to he could have saved her. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> He would have pulled out the Bible. <laughs> so the honorable uh, him. Yeah, it looks like he's in the in the tech world okay. doing some things. Good for him. Hammer has an app. <laughs> he has an app for real? No, no. Just, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that sounds logical. I mean based on what he's doing now. It probably got yeah. a podcast, probably got a uh, <laughs> look, look man. It seems like everybody does, you know. Look, look, man, if I was if I was really being hammer, if I was really smart. I would have made an MFT, an NFT of him doing like that hammer walk and the dances mm-hmm. or, or just one with like a black face with that isometrical ass haircut mm-hmm. and made millions. Damn, I just gave that man another way. Talk about the old tour days. <laughs> back, See, nowadays you can't sell records out the back of your trunk. It's all about Spotify. But back then, boy, I had a, I had a 79 Cadillac Eldorado. Oh, man, really? And I had that trunk open, and I had my face right there. And I was like, hey, y'all, I feel my power. And they just came and bought records, bro. That's, not, <laughs> that's what I am not want to talk about. That's the story. I want to hear what Freddie did after, because you know Freddie. Is Freddie still alive? Freddie probably did. I don't know. I don't know. They probably found Freddie in a in a in the slums of Oakland with a needle in his arm. <laughs> a needle in his arm. And in the dark one, it'd be like Freddie died the same way he lived. <laughs> that'd be the, that'd be that point. Because he had that song. He had that song on Too Legit to Quit called Street Soldiers, and another one called Crime Stories. Probably, probably, yeah. Homeboy, you get no glory. He's probably talking about Freddie in some of those. Not in these, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so uh, that'll do it for our discussion on Too Legit MC Hammer Story. You'll find it on YouTube. There are two versions. There's one, it's like closer to two hours, but it has commercial breaks and they mute all the music. Um, oh, that's lame. I'm glad I didn't watch that one. There's an hour 25 version, commercial free. Um, 
They don't mute any music. But mm-hmm. why the commercial one? If you really want to get nostalgia, it has like all the old commercials. Oh, really? Right, from yeah. twenty years ago. From twenty years ago. Check that out then. Yeah. I would get to my earworm of the week. Um, uh, said I would like to celebrate Black rock artists. Uh, I found this playlist on Spotify called uh, Black Alternative and Indie. Nice. And it's this, uh, it's, you might call them an emo band, a punk band called Meet Me at the Altar. Okay. It's three girls. Um, and uh, the lead singer's black. I think uh, one, the, the one who plays guitar and bass uh, is um, Latina, I think. And the drummer is Asian. I think. I'm I'm guessing. I dig that. I know the lead singer is black. Rainbow Coalition. Um, so uh, they're signed to Fuel by Ramen. Hey, <laughs> they're still around. <laughs> uh, and this song is called uh, May the Odds Be in Your Favor. It gave me 2005 emo vibes. Nice. So For I the people who it. aren't aware, Fuel by Ramen was, I believe, the band that signed Panic at the Disco. Because that's who... Um, and Paramore, um, right? Yeah, well, part of Paramore, yeah. yeah. But I think that was the record label that Pete Wentz was working with when he discovered Panic at the Disco. So they're huge, huge, um, influential in the emo scene of that early two thousands. All right, then this song is called "May the Odds Be in Your Favor," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back. I'm doing my best. Yeah. 
right, that is May the Odds Be in Your Favor. It's so cool to by hear me at the altar. all the drummers. Like, I feel like a lot of everyone who's playing drums in these bands were heavily influenced by, like, at least from what I hear, three drummers. First, um, uh, God, uh, Trey Cool from, not no, he played bass, Mike Dirnt from Green Day. Green Day. Travis Barker from Blink-182. But I'm also starting to hear a lot of people who sound like... Um, I think his name's Andy from um, Fall Out Boy. I hear those three drummers. Anytime I hear drummers in these bands, like it's a mix of those three. It's very interesting to hear. All right, and you can find that song on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. So that'll bring us to the end of this episode. Uh, Abe, thank you again for joining us. For our Always last a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell the people where they can find your podcast or Ooh. you on social media if you want to be found. Uh, uh, well. All right. So um, the podcast is the Jamverse podcast um, on Apple, Google. Um, I believe that's the only. Well, no, I think they put it everywhere. So just go ahead and look up Jamverse, J-A-M-V-E-R-S-E. God, I can't even pronounce my own stuff. <laughs> um, and my, it's my, what's my other stuff? My uh, Instagram, what I don't check is Abe is Pimp, um, because I be pimping. And that's it, man. All right. Um, yeah, well, uh, what should we end the show with? Hmm. What? The Christmas song. I was gonna say "Pumps in a Bump," but I mean that's that that works too. Either that or um, "It's All Good," which is my personal favorite from the Funky Head Hunter. Uh, we're gonna end with "Pumps in a Bump." For some reason, my sister bought that CD, and that's how I got to listen to it because I, you know I, I didn't buy CDs and have a CD player. But yeah, I want I want to thank you guys because anytime you look up "Pumps in a Bump" now on YouTube, it's just gay people talking about hammer speedos. So. <laughs> I'm dead serious. When I looked it up, I was trying to. I remember that video distinctly. It was like a whole reaction video to him and them speedos. I'm glad I did not see that in the search results. (laughs) I'm looking it up right now, bro. (laughs) All right, y'all. This pumps in a bump by, well, known as just Hammer at the time, but now he's back to MC Hammer. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you very soon. Peace. Peace. Should I get in it? Uh, if you wanna get me with a D, baby, spend it. Cause I come up here, read my lip, baby, get the T, slip. I just go to take a trip. Pops in a pop, pop.